Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. All kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 47, Hobbs and Shaw, Lap 4. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, And this episode is brought to you by LegalZoom.com. What's in a name? Everything. They take the guesswork out of changing your name, whether you're just getting married, divorced, or want a fresh start. Oh, so how are they... So what? why did they, why did they approach you about uh, sponsoring this episode in particular? If you wanted to change your name to Mike Oxmall, oh. they could help. What if you don't want to turn your name or change your name to Mike Oxmall, but you want to change your friend's name to Mike Oxmall? Is that something that LegalZoom can help you with? Possibly. They have a whole team of lawyers there to help. Very, so. very exciting. Well, thank you, LegalZoom. We will be there for... Did you change your name? No. I chose not to. <laughs> I declined this sponsorship opportunity. You kept you kept it like a get out of jail free card just in case. You officially changed yours to Joe too, though, right? This is now your your legal exactly. Christian name. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, welcome to Hobbs and Shaw Lap Four. This is the second time we are talking about this movie in its entirety. After the break, we will be joined by Mike Manzi, the Mikester, back from the ride along lap. He's the first right. one we're joining, who's joining us to talk all about the newest movie. So very exciting. We are sort of. You know, we're not wrapping up the lap here tonight, but we are wrapping up the the uh, the, the movies discussion, the movie discussion yeah. part of this tonight. So very exciting. And next week we will have our tune-up relap recap. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Joe, let's kick things off with extracurricular activities. Have you done anything of note since we last recorded our? Oh boy, what was the last? Oh, the Italian job episode last third last Wednesday. I have two small things. One, like. I had something to bring up to you, because I don't know if you have this or not. In Vermont, they're famous for their maple syrup, right? I'm in New England. You're kind, you're in New Englandy, but not, like, the, the northern part of New England. I feel like uh, if I was a Jets fan, I would be offended by that. I think I'm just, I'm New England adjacent. Yeah, exactly. I'm tri-state like, area, which sort of connects. In the Venn diagram of New England and the tri-state area, you're in the middle of the cross-section, and I'm on one side of that. Yes, exactly. You're on the furthest side of that. In Vermont, they, they love their maple syrup. They love their maple. So they have these things called maple creamies. Do you know what this is? Maybe? I don't know. They just, a lot of places have soft serve. Okay. And they use maple flavor for their soft serve. And it is really good. I want to know if it had spread far enough down there. Because around me, there's some places, not every place, but some places, you can get maple flavored uh, soft serve. I had some maple soft serve today, and because we've been on this whole, like, desserts, cookies, everything bender that we've been talking about, foodstuffs for a while, I wanted to know if you've ever had a maple soft serve. I've never had one. I don't even know if I've heard of that. I, if, if you had asked me what I thought that was, I don't know if I would have gone, I guess I maybe, I, I would have I gotten eventually to soft serve, but no, I don't they think I've had it, one. Yeah. Vermont, Vermont calls them maple creamies. They're incredible. Yeah, so like I don't know how far down. Will they be at the Big E? Yeah, actually, maybe I'll have one then. Yeah, they do. They have them in the tent, and they sell Vermont maple syrup there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really good. I don't know. Are you a big maple fan? Do you like maple? I do like maple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had. There is a. There's an ice cream place in the town that I grew up in. That it's the only like really sort of notable thing. I think I, I don't know if I brought you there. I might have told you about it. They don't make their own ice cream there. I don't think. I think they just bring it in. But it's like dirt cheap. Like you can get ice cream for a family of four for like ten or twelve bucks. Still. Oh, that is really. Which cheap. is really yeah. cheap. Like it's good, but it's mostly good because it's cheap. So anyway, they have what they call flurries, which is soft ice cream with you know some kind of candy mixed in or whatever. So I like to get the Reeses with you know vanilla or chocolate. But they just added this year. 
instead of just having vanilla and chocolate, and they might have done it in the past, but I've never noticed it in the past, they have vanilla and something called, I think, tiger blood, which is like watermelon and raspberry. It's like two different fruits together, which is interesting. It's very sweet, like too sweet to really eat, but it's together. That's with yeah. the vanilla. And then they have a chocolate, and they also have a peanut butter. So for the first time ever, I got a chocolate peanut butter swirl with the Reese's, and it was delicious. Oh. It was good. good, but they don't have maple. So, like, I'm in the maple adjacent, but I've never, I don't think I've ever had maple ice cream, but I do. I do want to give yeah, a shout out here. to past guest Kyle Reinfried, the foodie films man himself, for my barbecue last year. He got me, uh, he was up in Vermont the, the, week, the same weekend, and he brought down as a sort of little housewarming gift some fresh tapped Vermont maple syrup that I oh, brought yeah. over to my parents' house and had uh, some, I don't know if I saved it till the, the fall, but we, we had it over breakfast one night, and it was our one morning, and it was delicious. So shout out to the foodie films I'm man himself, but I am fan. a fan of maple. Yeah, and it, it's just like, it's pretty rampant in, in like this upper New England area, like once you get past New York, kind of. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if it had spread down there or not. I don't think so. I haven't seen it. Even Connecticut has, like, their own maple, but, like, everybody usually does Vermont stuff. So I was just... Because maple soft serve is fucking fantastic. Like, I don't know if you can imagine what it's like, but yes, it's that, and it's so good. If you like maple, it's like, holy shit, this is so good. I had some maple soft serve tonight, and I was very happy with it, and I thought that I would share with all of our listeners, because I know that... I don't think that any of them live in New England. So. Well, what was the other thing? You said you mentioned you had two things that you did. What's the other one? Oh, no, not a thing that I did, but um, you know this, but I don't think anybody else listening knows this, but Rachel was a bartender for a while. She started to amass all of these speed openers, right? Like these bottle openers. Yep. Like, that, so it's, it's what you keep in the back pocket as a bartender. Yes, like the one that has like a circle on one end and like the, the opener on the other. Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers went to Australia and he didn't know this either, but he brought me back a bottle opener today and it's made out of the, the scrotum of a kangaroo. Nope, nope. What? Do not like, do not want. It's really, really funny. So it's like you like hold the kangaroo's balls and you open it. It's the same it's shape, like, or it's not the same shape? It's literally the sack of the kangaroo. Like, I mean, yes, it's the same shape, it's the same everything, and then there's like a bottle opener on the top of it. This wacky, fun time Australian trinket that you can get. Interesting, interesting. So I have one of these now to add to our bottle opener collection. We have a ton of really fun ones. You've got Rachel, Sam, Matt, everybody, you know, like if they see an interesting one, they usually grab Rachel. Yeah. And we have like a ton of them. It's just like a fun, they're always like pretty cheap, right, bottle openers, like they're not expensive, so. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's certainly uh, a speed opener. <laughs> it's not a speed opener because it doesn't have the other side, but it's just like kangaroo nuts on one side, opener on the other. Interesting. I guess, you know, yeah. the uh, the Native Americans would be happy that they used every part of the kangaroo. I'm sure that they're just like castrating a bunch of kangaroos for like a zoo or like a farm or something. They're like, well, once we do this, might as well make a bottle opener. Yes, I have no idea. I, ne- I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I, this is all brand new to me. I haven't thought about the logistics of it all. Same. I, don't know. I didn't know about it till this morning when I like got this bottle opener and I was like, oh shit, this is very interesting. Yeah, that's all I wanted to share. It wasn't anything that like I did, but like those were like two no because you intentionally did zero yes yes i've purposely done nothing but those are my two fun updates because one thing you were invited to but you decided to relax recharge rest up that i went Relap, to recap shout out to our former guest and future guest possibly and dear yes. dear listener christian larson this past saturday i joined him and his wife out in pennsylvania 
your neck of the woods. You know, New England adjacent again. Again, yeah. We uh, we went to a drive-in and we saw they had Weird Weekend going. It was Weird Weekend, I think, Volume Two. I think they had done it last year. The, the movies they did last year were like really like bigger movies. They did the original Suspiria. They did House. They did like a bunch of movies that okay. are bigger names in terms of the cult. This, I guess, they're still bigger names because there were two movies that I saw that I'd wanted to see that I'd never seen before. We went out on Saturday night and I saw at the drive-in. Phantom of the Paradise, and Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. And they were both good, they were both weird, I enjoyed it. I will say that watching a movie from your car is not necessarily the best way to watch a movie, but it's fun. I'm glad I did it. Oh, you're so spoiled. Yeah, I've never I've never gone to a drive-in. That's why I wanted to go, but after my Pittsburgh vacation experience weekend, I was like, I want to do nothing. You had so. a bad experience. I'm glad that I did. I think that he wants to plan another trip out there, because it's only like an hour... Fi- I mean, it's far, far, far from you. It's only like an hour 20 from me. That's not far. Yeah, but it's like I'm another two and a half to yes. you. And it's it's completely like the same direction yep. I'd be going. Yep. Because we like looked it up because I was like, oh, if this is like in a triangulation, because you're like, oh, it's like only an hour twenty from me, and I was like, if it's an hour twenty north, then that would put it forty five to an hour closer to me. That's a different thing. And nope, it's just past your house and keep going. Yes. What was cool about it was that you know there are people who sit out like in front of their cars. They have a boombox because it just broadcasts over an FM station, so you can have like a speaker or something. You can just play the audio. But it was a little bit chilly because it doesn't start till sundown, obviously, for obvious reasons. And yeah. it was the beginning of September, and it was a beautiful day. But by the time it came out, it was kind of chilly, and I didn't think about because I was just imagining that I was going to watch from my car. So I didn't like I was just you know, I didn't wear I didn't bring like a sweatshirt or blanket or anything like that. You don't even have a hoodie in the back of your car, you goo. No, because it's it's a new car. I haven't loaded it up yet. That's true. And okay. I decided that I was going to watch from inside the car. Like I that was I sort of wanted the car, the drive-in experience. And yeah. so you know, Larson and his wife Alyssa watched from outside for a little while and then they came in but what was cool about it was that like you know we watched in you know because we are respectful of the art of cinema but what i liked about it is that you can still like you know make jokes with your friends or point things out or sort of react and not bother people around you and you don't hear that's really cool other people the same thing you know what i mean like i was at when i saw this very movie hobbs and shaw on monday evening labor day monday there were two high school kids or college kids i don't know Basically, and this is not an exaggeration, fucking in the movie theater across the aisle from me. There was in a dine-in movie theater, so there's there's employees going up and down. They're being very relaxed. Like they both have legs up on the seat in front of them. She's leaning on him. We're not even talking stuff. like handies. We're not even talking like handy in the theater. So like here's what. So here's what I saw. I, I intentionally did not look because like we made eye contact. And I was just like, I don't like. I, I shook my head in disapproval, and then I just didn't. <laughs> I tried not to. So. You know, she's leaning on him, and, like, that's fine, it's whatever, you know, because people do that. And then I look over, because I see, like, commotion out of the corner of my eye. And I look yeah. over, she is laying down, and he's literally laying on top of her, like, thrusting into her. I mean, clothes might be on, I don't know, because it's dark, and I'm also not looking. But at the very least, they're, like, aggressively dry-humping, laying <laughs> down in a theater. So, on a grand scale... AMC does not really care about your viewing experience. AMC is out there to make money. I mean, they offer a great product in terms of the AMC A-list. But, like, if there was a draft house anywhere near me that I didn't have to pay a toll to get to, like, in terms of Yonkers or in terms of Brooklyn, I would go there. As it stands, the only theaters really around me are AMCs, so I go there, I sort of deal with the devil. Same. And Cinemark for me, I get it. It's like 25 minutes of trailers, they don't really show a ton of indie movies, they just, it's it's not great, you know, 
food's overpriced, all this different stuff. Like yeah, nothing yeah, about it. Of course. For the most part, they don't have employees. Like one of the things that's really nice about the draft house is that they have people like they're all, you know, dine in. So if people are talking or texting or whatever, you can sort of write a note and they have a real strict policy. Like they'll go over and just say, like, you know, I wrote maybe one shit. or two notes in like the two years I was on an awesome. I'd be like, these people like just won't stop talking. Like I will I'll abide whispering and stuff like that but like if you're just having like full-out conversations yeah you're just like shut the fuck up in the movie exactly yeah so how do you write them a note like on your phone no because like they have like a little they have a little scrap of paper that you can like write down like little orders so that you can put it in front of you so they can run by so they don't have to talk to you during the theater right so like while you're watching the movie they can pull it up they can they check it they they you know give you a a nod like yep i understand i'll be back whatever not only do I mean, maybe this is not an oh, an AMC wide thing, but the AMC that I'm at, the, the Diamond Theater by me, the employees don't like crouch down. They just like walk down the aisle vertically, like sort of. They don't mind blocking the screen. They talk <laughs> at sort of reasonable volume, like it's not whispering. And then they're just like dropping check. It's just like it's they don't give a shit. And I don't know if that's just because again minimum wage job and people just it's just a job in a mall. Fair. Or yeah. if it's because they don't they're not trained right or if it's just like you know what I don't know what it is. That's still better than other theaters where like people are talking and texting and they just have no employees walking at all. It's just like hey you're in the theater yeah. good luck. But here so there's people up and down. There's like three or four different people doing food and drink service and no one. I see the people walking by this couple. No one's saying anything. <laughs> Like, they're literally lying <laughs> down. He's on her. And they don't say a single thing. Are they just so jaded from fucking? I like, don't know. Is there just so much rampant fucking in this theater that they don't even notice it I anymore? I was trying to think, like, they're if I was like, in that oh, situation, God. would I have said something? Because, like, on my on, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But on the other hand, it's like, what do you say? Because you're probably, like, their age. You know what I mean? Like, you're all, like, probably 20. And you're not, like, you're not in even. a position Younger, of authority. Probably. But you're not really. I'm just like... So I just look over and he he like he's looking up as he's thrusting and I just like I shake my head at him and I just like look look back ahead but like I kept like sort of just seeing movement out of the corner of my eye and I was just why like, didn't they just like take a seat behind it because it's Hobbs and Shaw there should be like of no one there there were actually point, right? maybe there were probably like fifteen or twenty feet I mean, there was definitely room in the theater that they could have moved to a different aisle or whatever but like they just didn't give up I mean I guess if you're having sex in a movie theater or at least dry humping a movie theater you don't really care who's around you maybe you were part of it maybe you were involved like they like I got them off yeah 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 like it was part of the experience was for you to be there I don't know man I guess but I was just like it wasn't I was grossed out I was just like why like and again if if I had never seen this movie before I would have been more bothered as it was (laughs) I was just like whatever I'm just watching for the third time in a month like you know I know what this movie is whatever I'm quoting yeah. already i don't really care but i'm just like what the fuck like what is happening kids these days it's like euphoria yeah. in real life yeah kids these days man Ugh. blatant disregard anyway that's been my week that was a good that was a good one i think we accomplished a lot both of us we have a patreon page at too fast forever.com so we've got some exciting things we're gonna have some special announcements over there that the patrons are gonna know before you the dear listener so if you want to get in the know TooFastToForever.com. Lots of perks, lots of fun stuff. Voting rights, Merch. merchandise, our eternal love and gratitude, all that sort of stuff over at TooFastToForever.com. I'm also going to go on iTunes now. If you haven't left us a review, please leave us a review. Five stars, leave us a review, say something nice. No new reviews since last time. We also have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. Joey, you have three emails tonight. Okay. First up, from Wells Lamont. Subject line, why do emails need subjects? True. Because he was always, if you remember, just having like basically an entire paragraph, paragraph. of a thought in a 
yeah. subject line. So why do emails need subjects? They don't. Letters don't have subjects. I agree with Wells. Like, you don't get a letter and it's like, important, urgent letter from Joey or whatever. It doesn't fucking matter, Oof. you know? Maybe. Maybe they should. Let's let's rewrite the course of history and rewrite letters to have subjects. Like, break up, you know? <laughs> like, on the outside of the letter and you're like, shit, I don't know how I'm going to get through this one. Subject line, Dear John Letter. Yo-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you guys... Brought up a little bit ago the most famous and well-known lines from the Fast and Furious series. We did indeed. Okay. Because we were saying, I think, when... Oh, when in Furious 7, where they're jumping out onto the island, right? And yes. I was like, why don't they have somebody say ejectocito, cuz? Ejectocito, cuz. And yep, you're like, exactly. I don't think they care. I don't think they, they pay attention to the movies. I don't think the writers have seen the previous movie. <laughs> so Wells says, these are the ones I thought of, and not surprising, but funny enough, most of them are too fast, too furious. So here we go. Oh. Ejectocito, okay. cuz. Obviously, yeah. We hungry. We hungry. I say this all the time. I said forget about it, cuz. Yeah, Brian. This is Brazil. That's a good one, too. His last like one. Can you guess movies. what his last one is? It's also from Too Fast. Um. It, it goes hand in hand with no a, more. Uh, no, it goes hand in hand with that. Pockets ain't empty, cuz. Yeah, pockets ain't empty, cuz. And we ain't hungry no more either. He says, I'd love to hear any I didn't mention because it was hard to think of them all, and I'm sure there's still some good ones. What I have burned in my brain now, and it's one that we're going to get to in the minute, is the lines from the Zimbio quiz. Whenever I hear those, it's like an alarm goes off in my head, you know, like leaving tread marks <laughs> on your face, right? Like, because we said yes. those so much, like, there's never nothing, there's always something. It's like, what does that even mean? Then the He's rock like gravity, says it. everything's like, pulled to him. Yeah. Yeah. So those are running my brain because of the quiz. It, for me, it's a lot of the ones from the first from the first movie. Like, all of the ones that we're about to get to, like, in the race, like, you were granny shifting, not double clutching like you're supposed to. The mad scientists have to rip the engine block apart because you fried the piston rings. Like, all of these, like, the first one. The second one plays a lot of them. The third one, I got a lot of pawn, I guess. The price of a car to find out what a man's worth is a price I'm willing to pay. I think the big one for me that Wells did not mention is the what? just the you never had me, you never had your car like that. Like what you're saying, like from yes. what we're gonna get to in a couple of minutes, like that's the one. one. Especially the gift, because it's always you know, I send the one where Paul's just like pointing, just like laughing. It's like, dude, I almost had you. Like all the like, I need Nos. Like the first one is like the one that resonates so heavy with me. Hector, Hector's running three spoon engines. All of these ones are the ones that no one really, likes the really tuna. Good. No one likes the tuna. If you can't find it in this garage, you don't deserve to be near a car. Yep. I appreciate a good body, regardless of make. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one too, though. Or just never send a man to do a woman's job. Why does she always say it like that? He's a man. He's a man. On a more serious tip, I have to say this. Fast and Furious is a family. You love family no matter what. When people say they don't like one of the movies, it means they're not family. They're just casual viewers of the series. This is totally Ooh. fine. And we still appreciate you. For the record, the views of Wells Lamont do not reflect the views of Too Fast, Too Forever. You are allowed <laughs> to not like these movies. We still love you as family, but let me let me go on. Yeah. We still appreciate you, but you're just an acquaintance at this point. It's like Joey said, and probably Joe too, too, may not like one of the movies as much as the others, but I still love it. It's still better than most other movies. Nothing Truth. truer could have been said. It makes no sense to me that you can be a fan of the series and not like a movie. I just don't get it. I appreciate those people because it's how they feel, and I'd still enjoy talking to them about the movies they like, but don't expect a Fast and Furious holiday card in the mail. That's all I'm saying. God, we need to make Fast and the Furious holiday cards. We do. Like a very speedy Christmas. We'll figure that out. We'll, well, as we get closer, we're, we're actually going to have a couple uh, special holiday-themed things this December. Do we? Yeah. I don't remember them. Okay. Oh, yeah, because you don't really know what we're, you don't, you don't even know what, what I have planned. I mean, I should oh, really? I have a whole thing mapped out. Oh, damn. Okay. So after taking a long time researching and fish bowling with a few homies, I've landed on these candidates. What is fish bowling? 
I don't know. Fish like bowl. drinking fish bowls? Fish bowl conversations is a form of dialogue that can be used when discussing topics within large groups. Fish bowl conversations are sometimes also used at participatory events. The of a fish bowl is that it allows the entire group to participate in a conversation. It's probably just like, like there was a, there was a space, like a common area at my college okay. that was called the fishbowl and it never made sense but i think it's like it, with regards to this it's just like there were a bunch of couches there like you could just sort of have like a big group conversation and just okay. kind of like you know spit like ball. a round table yeah is what i'm assuming sort of like, okay. a, like an informal gathering like instead of just having like you know a, a conference or like a gathering or whatever you could just be like hey you know let's just sit down and, you know let's talk about stuff let's wrap no niece denise oh oh okay here Here's his thoughts okay. for who needs no needs these could be played by, okay? Oh, oh, yes, thank God, yes. We've been waiting for I forgot about this, but we've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for it, yeah. No needs and these could be played by Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Precious. Interesting. Pre- oh, God. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. I saw that movie before it came out with the director of the movie. Did I tell you that? No. Like, I saw it, like, in one of the very first viewings of this film at the Pittsburgh Film Festival, and the director was there, and he told this story about, like, how... He had made the movie, after he made the movie, he was, like, on the bus in New York or, like, the subway or something, met Precious, and she was like, hey, you just made that movie about me, and he's like, fuck! And, like, wow, you know, like, okay. totally, yeah, okay, sorry. Monique? Monique, yeah, good call. Queen yeah. Latifah or Missy Elliott? Yeah, okay, so he's going in the same age range, but he has a distinct picture of what Noni's Denise looks like to him. He says, though, this is this is where it changes, so I think... He agrees okay. with us that you need, you need an actress around 40-ish, probably, right? Like Roman's age or like sure. what Roman's supposed yep. to be in the movie, right? If you want to go a different route, I'd say Rachel McAdams because she has range and I love her, or Zoe Saldana because it's Zoe Saldana and I love her. Oh, damn. Can you imagine Rachel McAdams being no niece, Denise? God, I have never felt closer to, to Wells right now than in our shared love of Rachel McAdams. Oh, also... Dude. Wells, Don't even get me started. We found out recently via Twitter is a huge closet Ryan Gosling fan, and so I don't know if he likes Rachel just McAdams because like of this? the Notebook. He's just publicly shouting it out there on Twitter. He does. He's watched a lot of like like Breaker High. Apparently, so, Wells I mean, is like the only other person to have seen it. Look, Wells is the one out Canadian. here, you know, saying whose family. Well, you and I have a whole podcast about Ryan Gosling. If people weren't down with Ryan Gosling. They wouldn't be down with us right now. So I don't think that we're Probably alienating not, yeah. him or sort of putting him on blast. We're bringing him in closer to our bosom, to our no knees Denise bosom. He's part of the family mm-hmm. for sure, man. But yeah, Rachel McAdams, I uh, adore her. Same. I adore Same. her. When I think of no knees Denise, I think of Rebel Wilson. If Denise has to be white, Rebel kills the big screen and would add certain elements to the character that I don't think you would get with another actress. If you're going the route of no knees Denise blossoming into a woman who Roman wouldn't be embarrassed about taking down, I'd definitely go with Rachel or Zoe. They both can be sexy and badass, and they too just murder the big screen. The rest of the candidates mentioned would fill the role nicely, especially Monique or Missy. I love me some Missy. Same. And she was just on the VMAs the other day, too. They brought her out for the VMAs. And Missy looks great lately, so... I haven't watched 6 or 8 in so long, I'm upset about it. I'll cop them soon when Rasputin has them for the Lolo. There's a few things I want to talk about next time when I'm all caught up, so until then, keep up the good work and peace out. Well, thank you, Wells, for writing in. Thanks for writing in. Thanks for bullshitting with me on Twitter, too. Thank you. Our next email, this is sort of a stem from our Facebook chat. You you and uh, Jake Freer talk 12 hours difference yes. timeline uh, every once in a while. So he sent in his rankings. He sent them in on Facebook, and I asked him if he could send them in uh, on, on here. Via email. Because I want to make sure that we had it, uh, that we could talk remembered. about it. New rankings. Number nine, Fate of the Furious. That was his number eight, so it went down one. Number Makes eight. Sense, yeah. Too Fast, Too Furious was his number seven, went down one. Still, so far, so good. Number seven, Fast and Furious number four, same thing, down one. Okay. Number six, 
He'll slide in Hobbs and Shaw. Six, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I'm torn up about where I'm gonna put it. I don't I'm I'm still unsure. Well, as we were talking to Jake about, or as you were talking to Jake about, we might not get an answer from you because you don't like you don't respect my opinions or my feelings. Nope. Number five, let's see if it's top five or the same. Number five, Fast and Furious six. Um, which okay. actually went down one. Okay. Wow. Number four, Fast and Furious 7, so it flipped with that. So that those six and seven flipped. Number three, Tokyo Drift. Yep. Number two, Fast 5. Yep. And number one, the original, the OG, the Fast and the Furious. So since he's been listening, he switched up. A little bit, a little bit. Interesting. Well, thank you, Jake, for sending those in. If you're listening, you've not sent in our your revised rankings, or to put in Hobbs and Shaw. If you're not sending your rankings at all, family at cageclub.me, let us know. Joe, last email today from... West Hampton, Italian Fast, Job Furious, What Up Fam? Actually, so here's here's the thing. What? So our next email that we get is going to be email number 200. So whoever... Oh, really? Not, we don't have a prize, but if you want to be a part of history, email in family at cageclub.me. You'll be email 200 if you get this. Somebody might, in theory, email in before this even goes out, but... Probably. Next email we get is 200. Wes says, really enjoyed the pit stop. This is a movie I watched a bunch back in the early 2000s. Also, I don't want, this is not putting Wes on blast, but he and his wife just celebrated, I think, their 12th wedding anniversary. Did you look at the thing I sent you on Instagram or no? Yes, I did. Um, And it had like all of the like throwback pictures yes. of them and him being a juggalo. I saw it. It was really cute, actually. Mrs. Wes put together this wonderful Instagram story of their relationship and basically everything he has written about, they documented in pictures. So it was him as a juggalo, like you said, him, like them dressed yeah. up as characters from Turtles, them from all these different movies. The one thing, it was really cute. The one thing, and this sort of felt like, you know, us sort of combing for clues in the Fast and the Furious universe, they had their original aim handles, and his was like something, I don't remember what it was, what? but it was something like Ninja something. It was such a much, such a more normal meme than like the jokes that we were making last episode, where we were like, oh, it would yeah. like TMNT, Too Fast, Too Furious, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But again, that was back <laughs> in maybe, I think she said like 2000, 2001, so... Who knows? It would have been like right when the movie came out. Yeah. yeah. This is a movie I watched a bunch back in the early 2000s because Mrs. West and I love a good heist movie. Plus, I bought the so DVD when it first came out, and we didn't have all the streaming options we do now. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it for the episode, but I really want to watch it with an eye for how it fits into the Fastiverse. And actually, spoilers for later in the episode. This is also a teaser for you, Joe. Mr. Mike Manzi texted me and said, I have a lot of crazy theories about the Italian job, so we're going to hear, oh, we're gonna hear I'm from excited. him later this episode. Wes says, this movie also made us fall in love with the minis, which actually, by the way, I don't know if I said this in the episode or not, if I was just saying before we recorded, there are two minis on my street tonight. There's one that's just parked on the street all the time, and then as I was coming <laughs> home today, there's another mini pulling onto my street and parking in the driveway. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're fucking in the movie theater and multiplying outside your house. <laughs> I would love that. If it's just, you know, Fast and Furious, like the Mini Coopers are like, oh, we hear there's one of us in the movie. Let's go in the movie. They're Transformers. They're like high school kids who <laughs> yeah. transform into Mini Coopers. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we both really liked them ever since BMW kind of reintroduced them around the time this movie came out. We would love to have yes. one, but the newer, bigger Mini models are less interesting to me. I agree. No, I agree with you 100%. Like, that now it's just a car, and then your name is Mini. It's a stupid name for a big car now. Yeah. Like, make a small-ass car. That's the whole point of the car. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, I think, like, it, I think the movie... I think the movie used these cars to promote... I think that wasn't, like, intentional. Like, that, or that wasn't accidental. We want to, you know, promote these to, like, a car movie. They're just coming back to We're going to pay you yeah. a lot of money to put them in there. Let's, let's include them in the... Whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely around this time. I would have loved to have either a classic one from the 60s or an early 2000s Mini Cooper like these, but without the racing stripes. I've mentally scrubbed the sexism from my memory, but it's not at all surprising. Mostly I just love the cast, especially Jason Statham and Yaslin Bay, formerly most deaf. 
The movie also kicked off my interest in his music, which I highly recommend. But enough about that. Here's my pit stop observation. Oh, Miss Fat Booty. Joey, I can't believe you didn't remember that I already used Hobbs Fast Shaw Furious for your previous Hobbs and Shaw episode. I'll have to find something different for next time. Google also suggests Ooh. this is the subject line, believe it or not. But I'm done with that now. That was a single lap bit. Fair. At least I remembered that he was using the same pattern, because you were like, ooh, what does six fast, six furious mean? I was like, well, you said it six times, but I'm curious to see. I want to see if he does a new bit next lap. I'm, I'm interested. But I don't read the email, so, like, my audio processing is and different than my visual. And it's also been wildly proven that you don't listen to me, so. Definitely not. People I don't listen to. Rachel, Joey. Everyone else. Everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I don't listen to anybody to begin with, so. Yeah. I did a quick control F on the transcripts for Fast Five and Fast and Furious 6, but I can't say for sure... They're 100% accurate. According to the transcript, Giselle is not named in five, only named in six, when Dom tells her, Han, and Roman to go talk to the guy who's testing out the harpoon gun, then again at the end when Mia asks Han where she is. Her name may have popped up on a DSS screen or something in Fast Five, but as far as I can tell, no one ever says her name until partway through six, which I still don't believe because that's insane. That is really, really insane. (laughs) We know her name so well, too, so it's very strange that, like, she could have been in two and a half, two hour long movies. Yep. Like she has like five and a half hours of screen time with yep. no name. And then she's, she has her name mentioned twice in three movies in total. <laughs> That's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, so Wes gives us an answer. The song Dom is listening to before the first race is POV City oh. Anthem by Cadillac Ta. And it can be found on the soundtrack. Coming up in a few minutes, he turns on Lock It Down by Digital Assassins with a lineup for the race. So we're not there yet. But Wes includes the link, so I'm going to put this into the Fast and Furious Minute. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can check this out, the Fast and Furious Minute document, over on TooFast2Forever.com. I'm excited to hear this song, because I, I, you know, I only heard it in the passing, of, and I didn't listen to the soundtracks. So I tried. I listened to at least one or two. Like I, I sort of scrubbed along on a couple songs. Yeah. I must have just picked the wrong songs. Though. Like I just started picking ones that it could have been. I just picked the wrong ones. So let me put this in the Minute. I remember Initial D airing on Adult Swim anime Saturday Night Lineup in the early 2000s is the the show that we were talking about last episode. But we were not at all about anime back then, so I never watched it. I've actually been thinking about checking it out recently, though. The third-gen RX-7 is one of my all-time favorite cars, and I love Dom's. Hans from Tokyo Drift is cool, too, but I'm not crazy about the body kit he has on it. Yeah. Says, Joe, I love your theories about how this all fits into the Fastiverse. Never stop brainstorming. Eventually, you're bound to be right, or Chris Morgan will hear the podcast and just steal some of your ideas. Either way, it's a win for you. That's it for the Pissed Stop. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Wouldn't that be an incredible moment? Like, we had, there were some moments in Hobbs and Shaw that I really felt like they were listening to us, but they were kind of, like, greater themed. Yeah. Can you imagine if, like, there's something that we're, like, we were the only ones that said this? You like, know what, what would I mean? it be? Like, it would have to be, for the themes, like, the specific things that we've talked about. Like, call back to Noni's Denise. It would have to be Noni's Denise. That's exactly, like, that's the only thing that, like, we are probably statistically, on average, way more into than everyone else, right? Like, everything else, like, we're probably not the first people to say that Hobbs is gay. Probably not. But no niece Denise is, like, the one where it's, like, if if she comes back, it's like, oh, if she's a something, real character something is point, going on. Something strange at the Circle K. That would, it would be that. There's some, like, other weird terminology that we use, but, like, I, I really think the, like, if they throw back, even if they call back to Noni's Denise, we're going to be like, they've been fucking listening. Yeah. Like, they have to have. Because, like, nobody else talks about Noni's Denise. Like, didn't we, like, search it and there's, like, no references to it? I don't remember, but I'm also, I don't want to search it because I don't want to break the illusion that we're not the only people. You know what I mean? Like, I want to I think that we're the only people talking about Noni's Denise, but... Cool. I get it. That was all of our emails, so thank you all for writing in. Thank you, Wes. Thank you, thank Wells. You thank you, Jake. 
If you have an email you want to write in, family at cageclub.me. We will be reading them next week on the Relap Recap. But the week after that, Joe's favorite You Are My Lifespan is just a pure episode. So if you don't get it in for next episode, it'll be on the next lap, lap five, episode one. I'm so excited. I'm fucking stoked for this so bad. All right, Joe, on the streets. So our Fast and Furious news roundup since we last did. So we got some sad news up front. Uh, Kevin Hart in a... Apparently, I haven't heard more about this, but apparently a, a very rough car accident really messed up his back. I heard two things. I heard somebody that had no credibility on Twitter saying that he might not walk again. But then I heard another thing that was like his wife had said he should be fine. He's like banged up and stuff like that, but he'll be normal Kevin soon enough. And that had like sources. Fingers crossed for him that he'll be okay. He can just, you know, come back, do Hobbs and Shaw 2, and that he's generally okay. I mean, I feel like, and this is, again, based on just hearsay and speculation, that if it had been, that I feel like whatever Tracy Morgan went through was probably worse, right? Yeah. And he is now, I don't know if not back to normal, he had like a long road to go, but like he's sort of relatively back to normal, right? So He's relatively, yeah, I mean, as normal as you can be if you're Tracy Morgan, right? Yeah, I mean, as like, who knows what he what normal actually is for him, but, you know, he's, he's back acting it's again, not, he's doing stand-up again. My... All that sort of stuff, right? So yes, he's back to working. Yes, and he seems like he's he's physically able to work. Mm-hmm. There we go. On a lighter note, uh, Charlize posted a picture of herself. She's back in Fast Nine, and then you said that Wes and your and Rachel both made the same joke, and I the it's, same. It's joke a joke that I had, I had heard of, but I wasn't. It's not readily at my disposal. So if you want to uh, uh, explain what it is, so Charlize comes back. She has like a nice like short-haired bob situation going on you know usually there's like the running joke of like karen the ideal karen in quotes you know a middle-aged suburban woman that complains to the manager when her you know her meal is wrong at a restaurant both rachel and wes had made the joke on different platforms she looks like she wants to talk to dom's manager and which i thought was hilarious but it was also funnier to me that both of them had made the same joke, and Rachel was actually upstairs. And I was like, Rachel, did you see that Wes just made the same joke on Twitter that you made on Facebook? And she was like, No, I had no idea. And then I, you know, I talked to Wes because obviously he's not on Facebook. He like talks to us on Twitter. So they both just came to the same place at the same time, and that was a beautiful familial feeling for me. I was like, My whole family's here. Like they all get it. And Rachel doesn't comment too often either. So this was like, you know what I yep. mean? Like the rarity of her comments. I mean, it's a, it's a bad haircut. Like it's going to bring people out of the weeds. It's a, uh, it's a what? Really? Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a big short hairer. Amongst our group of friends, we were like, it's Charlize and she's still well, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But like, I was like, I kind of dig it, dude. I'm not saying she's not attractive in the picture. I'm just saying that like, it's, it's a weird, like, I feel like they're going first. Like she looks kind of like Dennis the Menace. <laughs> oh God. Rough. I think she just looks. She just looks uh, more mature. If Dennis the Menace was like a former model and a movie star and a beautiful woman, like that's that's Dennis the Menace grown up, you know. Also, since we last recorded, we got news that Fast and Furious Nine, which comes out in May, it's halfway through production. And Vin Diesel promises a quote intense scene with John Cena. But I just wonder, Joe, yes. how will we see it? I, I'm gonna ride this joke out forever, and I hope they they're not gonna do it. And this is gonna be disappointing to me. But they're gonna have to be a point where like John Cena is like playing hide-and-go-seek, and somebody's like, I can't even see him. Uh, again, Chris Morgan, if you're listening, can you give me a John Cena hide-and-go-seek joke? Nod to me, you know, give me a little wink. I'll get it. I know that you're listening. I know that it would uh, make our Facebook buddy Jason probably lose his mind, because I know that he loves John Cena. <laughs> he does love John Cena, I agree. Jason, if you're listening, uh, that would probably uh, be pretty cool, right? So, 
I yeah, like I think that so. a lot. I think that's all of the, the news. Let me just go to Google and let me search for Dwayne Johnson president. Uh, 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 no new news here. The Rock president. Nothing here. Although I don't know if we talked about it last time, but apparently Elizabeth Warren watches Ballers and she tweeted at him something about like she tweeted, I can't wait for the, the final season of Ballers and he just like he he quote tweeted it. I'm just like this is weird and wonderful and I, I this like is, this. This is a really strange place that Elizabeth Warren's out here talking about how much she loves Ballers. The Rock is like good job, future president, and I was just like holy shit, that's such a weird weird place. Yeah, can you imagine being that famous that you, like that you have like presidential candidates responding to you yeah that's like a that's a high level of fame all i want and this is a very low bar to clear i think but you know when you're on twitter and you're verified there's like in if you go to the notifications there's like all mention or like all mentions or responses or whatever like basically like you know all notifications just people who like just the, the people saying things to you and then there's a verified once you reach a certain level if you want to cut the riffraff out you can just go to verified and that's how you sort of see like Ooh. oh elizabeth warren because i mean I, i'm sure the rock gets like thousands per minute or you know what I mean like yeah just people be like oh my god I love you and like what makes me laugh sometimes is that if you look at someone's you know somebody posts a picture or somebody posts like a thing that has nothing to do with anything right like just like you know here's a picture of me and my dog and they'll respond be like oh my god I love you in Fast and Furious it's like well okay but pick your pick your spots yeah get it in uh but yeah so that's just that's the that's the level of fame where you just have the the verified just weed out the riffraff. If me and my friends were famous, a prank that I would pull on them would be like to turn their notifications off silent. Mm. Like if you, like if you and I were famous, that would like be you like got drunk and passed out. Oh boy! I would be like, oh, I'm turning all of his notifications on and like forwarding them all as text messages. You know, oh, so Jesus. you would get like. You know how annoying that would be? Your phone just explodes. Like, you couldn't even get into the thing to turn it off because it would just be like... Years ago, I was out in L.A. visiting a friend, and we were hanging out with some of his friends, and they were people on Dancing with the Stars and stuff. Like, they were sort of, like, low-tier celebrities, but still, like, people knew them and loved them and whatever. And I would see them, like, post an Instagram thing, and one of them didn't have notifications turned off, but, like, he would just, like, he would post something, and then, like, just, like, his lock screen would just be like... Dude, 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 dude. I'm just like, how do you, how is this? Yeah, how do you survive? Like, that would be so but annoying. I think that also means I'm to me, like, that famous. he relished that kind of attention, right? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, this is, uh, this is kind of what I want. I'm not famous. I, I don't get You're notifications not? for anything, and I still have mine on silent because I'm like, fuck all this. Actually, the only thing I get notifications for is the fucking Too Fast, Too Forever page. I've turned off so many notifications. I have so many emails coming in marked as red just because I don't. I don't want to see them. I don't want to be like oh, awoken yeah. or not, you know, like, not like from slumber, but just like I don't have to look down at my phone and be like, oh, cool, there's a new blah blah blah, whatever. Just we live yeah. in a world in which there's too much noise all around. Just minimize that, cut out the clutter, and just you know, live your best life. Is there any other news? I don't think we posted anything else. Was there any other news that you know of since the last time we recorded about the no, Fast and Furious? Posted it. I would have posted it for sure. No. Yeah, I think no, the fact that we are so, especially you are so active on the Facebook page, makes the segment easier. We'd be like, oh, scroll, scroll, it scroll. It does. It's good to recap. And now all my friends and you guys too that listen, send us all the news as it happens. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually getting bombarded with it in a beautiful way. You know, anything time that something happens, everybody's like, hey, dude, did you see this? Yep. And, then, and then I keep up on it and I share it with all the Facebook Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all on it. Final thing to do before we bring in Mike Manzi, the Mikester, for our discussion is to talk about the Fast and Furious Minute. Minute you named I Smell Skanks. Oh, you did? Of course you did. 
Monica. Ow! I smell skanks. Why don't you girls just pack it up before I leave tread marks on your face? Okay. Lady, I was just talking. Yeah, whatever. Okay, Hector. Yeah, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, Edward? What are we doing this today? One race, 2G by A. Winner takes all. Hector, you're gonna hold the chance. Why Hector? He's too slow to make away with the money, man. Okay, good luck, guys. Hey, wait, hold up. I don't have any cash, but I do have the pink slip to my car. Hey, you just can't climb in the ring with Ali because you think you box? He knows I can box. So check it out, it's like this. I lose, winner takes my car clean and clear. So this is a minute where there's, it's sort of one of the more, I mean, it's eventful, but it's one of the quicker ones we're going to have to talk about because it's just dialogue for a minute, which is not a bad thing. It's just dialogue. Dom, Hector, and Edwin set up the race, and then Brian enters by offering his pink slip and title. This is where we have Letty going, I smell skanks, you know, one of her favorite, our famous lines. Very classic. Two little notes that I pointed out. Number one, there is a character named Danny Yamoto, which, or Yam- Yamato, which never knew. Yamato, who I did not know his yeah. name, and I don't know that you, did you know his name or no? No. I Because he's he's just one of the people in the first race. Yeah. That's all he is. He's played by R.J. Devira, so. and he has one line, you heard him say, why Hector? as he gives his two grand in. So there's that. So he's sort of the, the fourth wheel or whatever, the fifth fifth racer or whatever. My favorite moment, though, when I told you this, Mia in the crowd smiling at Brian, you know, sort of like tuna, tuna guy's got balls as he's sort of standing up, not standing up to Dom as much as like, I deserve to be in this race. I'm so confident I'm betting my car. And when they cut to her and she's just smiling at him, and I love that she is so invested in this guy already that like, I can sort of see a world in which Dom goes unchallenged by everybody but Letty. And so for this outsider to be like, hey, man, like he's not he's not being mean about it, but like take me seriously. I just think it's cool. Yeah, she's kind of like infatuated with him one. And then he like stands up to her brother, which nobody else does, like you said. So it has to be like, oh, whoa, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like He's a formidable opponent. Yeah. But she has to see how he drives. I took some notes on clothing because there are some uh, not, there's some elaborate outfits here. Is there anything else before I mention some clothing that you want to talk about? Because again, it's just it's all dialogue that you that you just heard. We know this one. Um, the thing that we were trying to figure out is what is Dom saying to the girls? We caught like the end of the one part and the beginning of the next part. I'm gonna watch it again. I think when we watch it in two or three weeks for when we talk about it with Kara, when we talk about it, when we do it with the, the rabbit or however we're doing the rabbit, right? I'm gonna watch it with subtitles and I'm gonna see if we can hear, pick up that dialogue. It might just say like inaudible. Like it's not meant to be heard, but he's saying something. No, and she's saying something and, it, and I could almost make out what it was. And I think it was something even along the lines of like, this is her line or something like that. I turned it up as loud as I could, but I was like, you know, watching with headphones and it's something like, no, it's her turn or something like that. It sounded like, you know, like when the director gives her a cue, like, oh, just say anything. And then Dom will respond. And he's like, oh, you did? Of course you did. Monica. And then like, sees the other girl too. And I really think she said like, it's her turn. Because at the, at the end of the last minute, I heard him say something like, basically like, oh, how, like, you're looking good, you're doing yoga, or something like that. And so it's something just, you know, it's, it's, it's flirty, it's sort of mostly innocent, but him just sort of being flirty, and that's when Letty comes up immediately and is just like, eh, get out of here, skanks. Yeah, I smell skanks. So Letty's outfit is the most elaborate. Tight black leather pants, dark leather belt with silver studs on top and bottom. It looks like she has two knives tucked in her belt. I don't know if you saw these, but they've got two knives no, sticking out of the belt. She's got a sheer top over a dark dark blue maybe, bra, and then silver chain necklace 
with her iconic dog tags, which she'll wear. We've already, I think we've already seen in this movie, and she'll wear throughout the series. She's got another necklace on, watches on both wrists, and then in addition to that, a silver spiked bracelet. Spiky bracelet's cool. Two watches, I never noticed. It, may, it might be one's a watch and one's just like sort of like a chunky wristband or something, but like she's got a lot going on accessory-wise. She looks like she was in a Hot Topic during a hurricane and then just like stumbled out. And the only thing I want to point out is that I think we had mentioned it early or at some point last time in the last minute that the necklace that Hector's wearing, still can't really tell what it is. It sort of looks like a family crest, possibly something like religious, sort of like, you know, not a cross, but something like ornate and religious and sort of iconography, that kind of thing or whatever. But uh, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I apologize to Hector. Like he, he doesn't really matter in the scene. He's there to literally just collect the money. So they're not really doing like, close-ups on him. He's just our way into the scene. Uh, but yeah, you can sort of see his necklace sort of like a little family crest or whatever. And uh, that's kind of it. But anyway, we will be back after this break to welcome in the Mikester, to welcome in Mike Manzi to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. And next minute, I don't know if we're going to, you know, next minute it might just be them lining up to race. But then I think we're going to have a couple minutes so. where it's, you know, just the race itself. So we're, we're getting into yeah, a... Streets closed, pizza boy. We're going to have a bunch. Yeah. So good stuff coming up. But we'll be right back after this song. Hobbs and Shaw with the Mikester. Oh. This episode is brought to you by LegalZoom.com. Get court approval and make a fresh start with the name you've always wanted. We'll save you time by autofilling the forms you need with your basic information. Our instructions, advice, and peace of mind review ensures your paperwork is completed and filed correctly with the government, business, and financial agencies. Or if you live in a country with no extradition, who needs courts? <laughs> Exactly. Well, Mike, thank you for joining us here tonight. You were one of the the members on our family field trip mm-hmm. when we saw this movie for the first time, opening night. Yep. Got a quick yes. question for you. We've talked about this every other time that we've asked every other guest. We asked you pretty much every time you were on for lap three. How many times have you seen this movie? Have you seen this now twice or more than twice or just the once? Or where are you at? What's what your count now so far for Hobbs and Shaw? I wish I could say I've seen this more than once, but right now I'm a one-timer on this, and that experience is seared into my mind. That was one of the best movie going experiences I've ever had in my life I think for sure wow, okay. awesome it was a lot of fun I it agree. was so much fun and it was so much fun to like as a Fast and Furious fan I felt the payoff being there with all the fans and or all you guys and you know hanging out beforehand and everything it was just such a great time I agree before we get into the discussion of the movie I've got a very important question since you were on I don't know if you've heard recent episodes we've tweaked a question one of our either ors we have one that makes more sense now Ties in directly with this movie. You know the either or is this or that. Mm-hmm. No wrong answers. Mm-hmm. Gut instincts, a la Foodie Films. Mike, if you had to pick, are you more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? It's interesting because I think there was a question about this. It's, what was the original? Was it? It was which Shaw brother? Which are you, Shaw Owner brother Decker? are you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. So honestly, I don't think I'm either. Okay. I just you know right off the top. But That's fair. I'm clo- yeah. I used to think I was more 
of a Hobbs, but I think I'm more of a Shaw. It's weird. Okay. Like, watching the movie, I, I don't kind of like to get that dirty, you know? Like, I kind of like to take the, the elevator instead of running down a building, you know? Like, I, I kind of oh, yeah. like that easy way, sort of smooth moving through the movie as opposed to The Rock, like, running through the movie like the Hulk, which is still amazing, but, like, I don't think I couldn't do that. Uh, you know, I'm way more of a Shaw this time. Well, Joe and I, I both said that we're just Shaws, physically, too. So. Just physically, I don't think that any of us can be The Rock. Although, I mean, just physically, just none of us can be with Shaw either. Right. right? I know, just I mean, personality-wise, I think I, I would fit more, like, in his group of friends than, like, hanging out with The Rock and working out in the mornings the way he does. Same. I'd be more of a bartender. So welcome back to the podcast. It's been a, it's been a while, mm-hmm. as Stained would say. It's been a while since you've been on. been a while. <laughs> you said that the... To kick things off, you say that this movie is seared into your brain, mm-hmm. that the movie-going experience was so key and so fun and so wonderful to you. When you first think of Hobbs and Shaw, and Joe, this is not a question that you and I have answered yet. When you first think of this movie, Mike, what's the first thing you think of? Because this is still the walk down memory chain. We are contractually <laughs> mm. obligated to point out that Hattie's got her pin necklace. Now, at one point, you know, she, she uses the pin a couple times. Mm-hmm. Deckard says to her one time, you know, put the pin back on Hattie. But when you think of this movie, it could be still, when you first think of this movie, you might just think of our evening out as, as family, as, as friends and family. But if you're thinking about the movie itself, yeah. What's the first thing that you think of? Idris Elba's motorcycle. Mm. Don't even have to Ooh, think twice one. about it. Like that. Wow. Okay. Thing was a. I don't know. Like I was just not expecting him to be driving a transformer. Like there's just. I loved how he was sort of like mentally linked to it. I loved how it just like moved yeah. w- with him. It felt like he was controlling it when he wasn't touching it. It would like come to him like Ghost Rider or something. Like he's high tech Ghost Rider on that thing. It was. It was sick. Yeah. You might have said this the night that we saw this, but I don't know if you heard or Joe if you heard when he's chasing the three of them in the McLaren as they Tokyo drift under those semis and then his motorcycle goes in he sort of does that hard hard left it slows down as he like as it shifts and he gets on it it makes the transformers noises oh no (laughs) i didn't notice that and like it just as it shifts shape like i don't know if that's a joke or if that's just like the approved sound for what that would sound like i don't know I mean, Mike, mm-hmm. you mentioned that it's a Transformer, but, yeah. like, it's it's, a tra- Actually it's literally a Transformer. a Transformer. And that's what I loved about this episode, this installment. I don't know. There's no holds barred anymore. Like, especially with this spinoff, it's like, call it a Transformer if you want to. They're not high, They're not ashamed of it. You know what I'm saying? They're, they want you to think that. And I love that about it. And, like, I never doubted the fun in that. Oh, actually, since you brought up installments, I need to ask. I mean, we just got our newest rankings from one of our listeners, oh, no. Jake. <laughs> Mike, are you able to rank this movie? I mean, I can give you what you your rankings were if you want to do them all over from scratch if you just want to say i like this more than this but less than this mm-hmm. however you want to do it where would you rank hobbs and shaw in your wait nine are movies? we not going to answer are we not going to answer what we think of when we think of this we're going to get back to it relax there's nothing but okay. time Fair. <laughs> this is still the mike's time to shine no no i want i want mike to answer that question too but i didn't know which direction you're going and if you forgot about it already oh so no we're, like, we're pulling a quick u-turn pull the e-brake First thing you can do, easiest thing, pull, rip the e-brake. <laughs> yeah, Idris is chasing us on his motorcycle. We are doing a quick U-turn around a double-decker truck. He's riding over our windshield, crashing through another double-decker truck. As we have Mike answer, rankings, Hobbs and Shaw. Hit us with it. Okay, so this is like kind of a different beast than most of the Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you watch those, there's Definitely. sort of a progression and, you know, and different types. Like, you know, I feel like four is the dramatic one and this and, you know, all that kind of thing going on. Like you can label them in different genres if you wanted, but somewhere around, you know, seven, six or seven, they're starting to get this big and this wild and they really 
want to go this far with eight, but I don't think they could because they were still too strapped into, no pun intended, they were too strapped into it being more grounded because of where it came from. But with Hobbs and Shaw, they could just do whatever and go as big right out of the gate. I agree. Wherever I have part five, I think this goes right after five for me. So you would have that number three. Wow. Okay. Well, right now that's true. I mean, I gave this movie five stars. Like, I love what it's about. It's just like a celebration of like the whole... Even though they're not there, like, I just feel like the spirit and the fun is definitely here. So, wow. I think it's super fun. I'm with you, Mike. And I think that it's going to be ranked in the top half of mine. I haven't tried to, like, 1v1 it versus some of the other ones that it, I love yeah, It's a lot. tough because I've only seen it the once, right? So, like, not that I expect it to get worse or anything like that, but I definitely expect it to sort of find a... a different home in the top of list like i don't think it's going to stay at three that does or four or whatever it does seem really high i don't know i do it is it is definitely for me right now in the top five you know it's just so much fun though i agree with you like i don't know where it's going to go when i finally put it into my rankings here's here's a recap of your rankings just really quickly so right now you have from the top down fast and furious six okay then fast five okay then hobbs and shaw okay tokyo drift then furious seven then fast and furious number four then too fast then the original, and then Fate. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with that for now, you know? Okay. I mean, Hobbs and Shaw, in a way, it's just like this great release, and uh, they're not all here, but I, for now, I'm, I'm okay with that being that high. <laughs> all right, Joe. We're pulling the e-brake yes. again. We're back on the regular road. Oh, wait, you're going to throw out okay. the chains to the front of the truck? Yeah, we are, and... we are hooking oh. onto the uh, axle in front of us. We're doing the lo- world's longest uh, dirt road runway. Okay. We're reuniting the car version of Human Centipede. Joe, when the first, <laughs> what is the first thing you think of when you think of Hobbs and Shaw? How the fuck does Hobbs, Shaw, Vanessa Kirby all fit in that car? That's the first thing I think <laughs> of. Okay. It's like, how are they all sitting in this car? Because mm-hmm. I just like have that scene in my brain, and it's just like, they're way too big to fit inside anything. Like, they're yeah. way too big to fit inside like an Escalade shoulder to shoulder. That's the first thought that I have when I think about this movie. Okay. On top of going to see it with all you guys. But like, <laughs> first, first thought, I'm like, how the fuck does that happen? I love how the, uh, the Shaw siblings, what are they, supposed to be like 10 years apart or something like that at the most, maybe? No, they're supposed to be five years oh, apart. Oh, well, they're like... 25 years apart in he's real life. 25 years older than her. Yeah, That's amazing. I think he's 51 and she's like 26-ish or something like something like that. Makes sense, yeah. Or, yeah, it's 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 a wild, it's a radical difference. Yes, for sure. But yeah, I don't know what the first thing I think of is, but you know, the, the one line that I've been saying, and it, it doesn't apply to my life at all, I'm what you call a champagne problem. <laughs> I feel like, you know, yeah. we, we got so much of Hobbs in the previous episodes, or the previous movies, right? Like we, mm-hmm. not as much as, you know, yeah. we know about Dom or anybody, but like, Relatively speaking, in five, six, seven, eight, we got a lot of Don or a lot of Hobbs. We don't have a ton of Shaw just because he shows up at the very, very end of six, and then he's in seven part in you know a lot of eight, right? So it's been sort of like four movies versus two, and I like that they you know even if they get equal screen time here, it feels like we're getting more Shaw because he's more of a relative yeah. unknown. So we know I'm what you call a nice cold can of whoop ass or whatever. Like we know the Rock's lines, we know as a wrestler the Rock, we know him as Hobbs, like we know what he says. 
I liked learning yeah. more about Statham, about learning about, you know, Deckard. Yeah. And I'm what you call a champagne problem. <laughs> well, I definitely felt like, like Hobbs comes out of that truck in episode five, like fully formed for the most part. And it's, and he doesn't even yeah. really change and it's fine. It's great. And I love that about his character. And it's like, sure, he ends up trusting criminals, but it's only after they prove themselves like to him, you know, like Loyal, he has a certain, trustworthy. Yeah, right. Like integrity, like you have those morals that I'm looking for in a partner kind of thing. And so that's what I love about Hobbs. And what I love about Shaw is what you're saying, Joy, is like, he's kind of an enigma. Yep. We don't know a lot. There's still a lot to mine. So like, all we know is he has a brother. Then we found out he and has a sister. A, well, now we know he has a sister. And uh, before, like, he's not even in all that much of Seven. He's not the only main bad guy. He sort of pops in and out of that movie. He eats that steak dinner in the middle of the desert, which is great. And then in Eight, you know, he kind of comes in halfway through that movie. So you're right. Like, The Rock is in these movies a lot more. And he's a character that, like, has been very much the same throughout. And Shaw, this Shaw, like, you know, he was introduced as a villain. And now he's turning into a hero. So, like, there's... There's even an arc and everything going on with him throughout these movies, so definitely the more interesting guy this time. One thing that I'm very interested to see as the character of Shaw evolves. So on the one hand, we have Chris Morgan saying we're going to get justice for Han, right? That the Shaw's story is going to yes. come around, he's going to get punished for what he did. Even with Michelle Rodriguez saying, like, who are you to say that you're not writing these movies, blah, 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 blah. On the other hand, while watching this movie this week, I took a couple notes, because I think most of what I wanted to say... At least, you know, in terms of not meticulously taking notes in the theater, I think I got most of my thoughts out last time. This is going to be mostly about Mike's thoughts in the movie. There's one exchange that he and Hattie have in this movie, and she says, because she's MI6, right, and they, at the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. she they think that she kills her whole team, blah, 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 steals the virus. She says something to him about, like, how he betrayed his whole MI6 team, and he says something to the effect of, like, not everything is what you hear, or something like that. Like, basically... I didn't do that, or, like, it's not what you think it is. Like, I might have done a bad thing, but it wasn't necessarily for a bad reason. And I don't know if that's... kind of come out that that Etion, like, kind of made him or something, right? Wasn't that what the thing was? Well, they tried to recruit him, and he said no. Yes. And so I just think that he's got a complicated backstory that we don't know. And they framed him. No, he says it in the movie. He says, like, and then they framed him to make it look like that. Because that's when, like, Vanessa Kirby, like, when they're sitting there with, like, the battery on them... He says something about, like, yeah, the, and then they made it look like I turned on my team or something right. like that. Like, he didn't do it. And I wonder, and again, you know, they did it now to two Shaw siblings. But I do wonder if, I mean, we very clearly see him murder Han and then call Dom and be like, I'm coming for you next, right? Like, it's not like they're going yeah. to twist that, really. I do wonder how much of his backstory, him as a villain, him as the bad guy, even though we always talk about how, like, nobody's really a villain or everybody's really a villain. You know what I mean? Like it's either one or the other Mm -hmm. or all shades of gray. I wonder how much of what we know about him is sort of just hearsay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like what we saw of it, if it's Mm -hmm. from his perspective, it's way different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a, what's crazy about that is like he almost deserves his own movie for this. Like it's almost like he's living this Jason. Well, they're Bourne going type. to. I don't know if you heard that, but they're going to do it. They're going to do a Shaw movie. Oh well, perfect. That's I mean, great. that hasn't been confirmed yet. But David Leach has said that they're going to basically do like a Shaw spin-off of the spin-off, I guess, oh. but just like about him and Owen, I think. Oh, okay, Shaw and Shaw. Yeah. What is also cool about what we know about this universe now is the level of tech and technology and just crazy shit that can happen so like even if 
you know, he was on some crazy drug or mind control or I could understand, I could see them spinning it in a way where like you're talking about, like, oh, if you saw it from my perspective, if you knew what really happened, as opposed to mm-hmm. all this spin and all this fake news that's going on about his like. Yeah, literally fake news in this movie. <laughs> yeah. like, they literally put up fake news. And, but it also seems too like this has been going on his whole life. Like, you know, like he's the guy that was targeted by MI6 like early on because I feel like before he got mixed up with Cypher he was down a darker path that he didn't necessarily want to be walking and I think that's where they might be going with him when it's all said and done like he will probably sacrifice himself uh, ultimate sacrifice right like you can't really you can't argue with that I think that you're right I think that's going to be the ultimate arc is that he has to, to sacrifice himself for someone in the family at some point. I think that's what we're going to get. But it's got to be, like, Dom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it can't be Hobbs, because he wasn't friends with Han. No, it can't be. I think it's going to be maybe one of the kids. Ooh, maybe it's, um, yeah. someone from Part 3 that comes back, you know? like Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not Twinkie, but I already forget everyone's name from Part 3. Sean. Sean, yeah. Like, if he saves Sean's life, that might, to us, super fans who are, like, down with the lore of Fast and Furious so deep, that would be very good for... But for, like, the mainstream audience, I think they need something bigger. Like, he needs to, like, Captain America it. Like, he needs to, like, you know, drop a plane in the middle of the ocean that was heading for America filled with nukes or something. Yeah. (laughs) It might have to be something very grandiose. I mean, it has to be, right? Like, if they're... Where they've gotten to, and this is sort of what you were saying last time, right, with... with, when, When you and I were talking about this movie, is that, like, they sort of had to start big, but, like, they can't really go that much smaller because I feel like the stakes are already constantly so high that it always has yeah, to be to they're going to claw it back a little bit so we had this conversation Mike that Joey was like why did they have to start out saving the world and I was like the stakes were too high to bring the- they needed high stakes to be able to bring them together and I think that in the next movie they can rein it back a little bit and maybe fight just like a bad guy not like you know a thing but they needed the- to be save the world in the first one at least so that we can kind of step back to a buddy cop movie. Like, eventually it's going to transition to where, like, Hobbs and Shaw can be buddy cops. And they just, like, you know, catch a bad guy that's, like, a simple bad guy. But they need to start at saving the world. And that's what I think the overall projection for them is going to be. See, I think what's smart is having this spin-off series just be a Fast and Furious Presents kind of thing, because you can do your smaller scale spin-offs that are more of like a dramatic take or more of like a car culture take or smaller or bigger or, or whatever yep. away from the main storyline. It's a great device for them to just like explore all yeah, the different genres. Talk, you, I think you nailed something right there. There's just like the Fast and Furious Presents, like the using the word Presents it gives them this flexibility as opposed to like Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. But like the presents is like, oh, it's in the realm, but it's like it can be any of these things. It can be bigger, smaller, more fun, less fun, like whatever. It doesn't matter. I didn't even think about them specifically choosing the presents for this reason. I think one thing that also works, you know, I do agree that like, okay, they have to save the world in this and to save the world has got to be something enormous. But I think what works well in this movie is Sure, they got to save the world, but really they got to save Hattie, right? Like they got to save the Shaw sister or like not save her, but like, you know, she's got the device in her. The MacGuffin's like, she's the MacGuffin to a degree. It's more about her than the end of the world kind of thing, right? Like you have to get this stuff out of her and then deal with like, oh, now we've, we're sort of running around with the football at the end and, you know, at the end of the movie here, like we just, it's like the infinity gauntlet. Like we can't let him put it on. Like, don't let him put it on. He's going to kill half the people on the planet with this virus. It is the Thanos virus, right? In this movie, if I'm not mistaken, but, but yeah, so that's one reason. 
reason I didn't so much mind how enormous the stakes in this movie were. I think you could have brought Hobbs and Shaw together on a secret mission. Really wants to see these two guys doing that. I'd rather see, you know, like Tyree teamed up with someone else, like maybe him and Ludacris go and do like the the comedy spy movie or something. You know, just yes, all different possibilities. I think so too. But also, like as they say in this movie, you can't really, you know, I think they say multiple times, both maybe Kevin Hart, but I think especially at least Hattie, there's nothing subtle about you. Like you can't send The Rock undercover because he always looks like The Rock. Like, you know, you get Mike yeah. Oxmall, but that's, you know, that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> Even that is just a thin pencil mustache and a goofy hat. <laughs> He's still going to be the rock. He's still huge. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a couple things, Mike, before we uh, get into your thoughts about this, here's a couple things that I wrote down. Number one, I don't think we ever talked about, Joe, that like this movie, the movie, the action scene literally ends... Then they're walking along a cliff and the credits roll. It's just like, like there's no time for you to decompress. It's just like, movie's over, cool, no. all right. And then there's like, you know, three credit scenes, but it's like, oh, huh, I guess we're, I guess it's over now. The music, it, it's like really soft and comes in kind of weird. I thought, you know, I was like, wait, it's over? Like, this is Heather? Wait, what? Like, and then the music starts. It's like, this is kind of weird. It doesn't feel over, but it's not really over, like you said, all the credit scenes, but I had the same feeling. Well, it feels like they wanted to even end it in the action scene. They're like, no, you can't do that. So they're just like them walking <laughs> and like, making jokes about like Kermit and Miss Piggy and stuff. It's like, oh, oh okay, but you know. I don't... Like Idris Elba falls into the water and they're like, end. Yeah. Finn. Basically. The movie's just over. Yeah, and a giant megalodon shark eats him. Like, it's not It's Ooh. not a bad thing. It's just like, I, I don't know that I've ever, like, I mean, other movies in the franchise, I think they all sort of end in a big way, and then there's just they like, decompress. Sort of the one decompress, but there's always like a barbecue. Like, there's a scene that's a couple minutes long. This is like 25 seconds credits roll. It's like, and it feels so tacked on. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but it's just like, is there, was there ever like a way to actually end the movie? I don't know. Breathe? I don't know. I also kind of felt that a little bit with the way it started. Like, it started way softer with the time in the bottle right was that the song playing at the yes. beginning if and i it, got nothing but time in a, in a bottle and i was like well this is an interesting choice uh but then they sort of it goes into an action sequence and it's sort of more of like oh okay i get it like you're lulling me into a false sense of security here and the rest of this movie is going to be nothing but like intense explosive action <laughs> i get it high octane i almost wondered if it, you know like there's like the like the the bengal's version of hazy shade of winter where like it starts out very mellow and then it ramps up into, like, blazing guitars and stuff. Like, I wonder if that, you know, sort of, like, what they did here, right? Like, it's just, like, the soft one into, like, just this, like, brutal action scene. I don't know. It's the same kind of uh, ramp up, right? The high octane, as you said, Joe. So here's a crazy theory, and I think that this is kind of disproven oh. by the end of the movie. Okay. You know how, like, the guns don't work unless you have an activation ship and you, like, you have to basically be invented with something? Yeah, the, the glove, I mean, the gauntlet. And so they show a couple times a character, like, one of the family, like, putting the gun in somebody's hand having it say activated right and then being able to shoot like at the end of the movie shaw does this with idris like he takes you know after they knock him out they take his gun they put it in his hand he pulls it back out whatever there's one scene when he first encounters idris like on the street like idris comes in takes hattie out over his shoulder runs down the side of the building they go down after him and they're fighting in the street there's a time where shaw and i don't know if this is just weirdly edited or if this is like a thing that i'm reading too much into or he just picked it off out of someone's hand. There's a time where Shaw picks up a gun off the ground and like it looks like it activates in his hand. And I wondered if he had an activation chip, although... Does he fire that gun, though? He does fire, because he runs out of bullets. I think that it was activated because the guy on the ground had like just got hit. And That's it was what I'm still activating. Guessing, but I was also hmm. just like, because the way that it picks it up, it's just like, oh, maybe. But then later in the movie, when he puts it in Idris's hand, he puts it in the people's Elba's hand to yeah. activate it there. 
And then also the fact that he's like, you know, I, I turned Etienne down or whatever. Like, I don't think that he's some kind of secret undercover spy, but like there's a moment in here, and I still don't think it's like something you could rule out entirely. Like, does he have an activation chip? Maybe, yeah, maybe it's left over from a previous evil conglomerate that he worked for at one point, and Etienne just like used that stuff secondhand, and then, you know. Mm-hmm. And his... He never gave his work ID back, <laughs> exactly. and then he like got fired. Exactly. And he never changed the locks on the door. I didn't pick up on yeah. that, but I like the idea that maybe he picked up the gun from the guy before the guy like died so it was still activated or something like there maybe there's some grace period in there where it's like after it's been gripped uh it takes like a few like a minute or something to deactivate which would be like the dumbest thing ever it should be the other (laughs) way around like it should instantly activate but then deactivate as soon as you're like more than a foot away or seven inches or whatever. And I know, like, this is, you know, a little going too far, but also, like, if you're going to take that kind of effort, shouldn't everybody have, like, their own grafted gun like James Bond does? Like, it's just only you can shoot that or something? Like, I think that would, you know, be a lot better sort of backup. (laughs) No one could use any of that shit. I do think on a bigger level or bigger scale that the movie does a really good job of establishing the rules of those guns. When Hattie picks it up and she's like, I'm going to shoot you, he's like, no, you're not, because you can't. And the fact that, you know, when they get taken down, like, she knows how to hack everything. Like, I think when Mission Impossible, we were talking on Cruise Club, mm-hmm. about sort of, like, the gimmicks that they do, like, all the weird sort of James Bondy kind of stuff in there, I feel like this movie does a really good job of setting up kind of the rules of the gun and when it's going to work, when it's not going to work, because it does sort of feel like a return back to basics when they have to do all, like, the sticks and everything at the end. Like, it feels like this is intentionally, we're not giving them guns, that's like the bad guys use guns. And I think that the movie did a really good job of setting up what does and doesn't work in that regard. Yeah, I think the movie does a good job like setting just about everything up, like from Hobbes's like family discourse and trouble, right? That that all becomes a huge part of the finale, hinting at how just how enhanced Idris Elba's character really is, you know, like when you first see him and you see like he's sort of got Terminator vision, but you're like, does he? Or are those just contact lenses? Or, you know, is something really going on there? What's up? And then by the end, you're like, oh no, okay, he's got like a yep. cyborg spine and like he's basically more machine yeah. now and everything. So, you know, big and bombastic and crazy this movie is. Like, it's actually, it's, it's not dumb. Like, it's pretty smart in the way that it's like setting things up and it knows what it's doing. And actually, on that note, my last note about this movie is that there's a line where Brixton is like commanding his crew. I think it's when they're, either when they get to Samoa or before, like it's the action scene before, but he says to them, gentlemen, this is where you earn your upgrades. So like they're probably making a living doing yes. this, but they're also like literally getting paid by becoming superhuman. So mm. not only is it Brixton, but it's also all of them. It's like the better you do on the battlefield, the more we're going to reward you and make you even stronger there. So like this is definitely a currency and it's a sign of value inside of like a sign of success. It could be that, or he could also just be like, this is where you earn your upgrades like this is where you pay us back for making you superhuman already but it does seem like there's tears to it right because Mm -hmm. like idris is clearly like the most badass version of this i can see it going either way but i i do like your theory you know i do wonder if the director whoever that is if it's so like what what we've Mm. uh, what we've learned officially is that it was ryan reynolds who did the voice but it's not necessarily going to be his character he just did it because he was available right and it's super augmented you know it sounds like it's at times it's like um yes share sing what are they called? Auto-tuned. <laughs> Auto-tuned. <laughs> I still think that it's probably, like, my still my best guess is Cypher. Joe had some wacky mm. theories in the Italian job, and, okay. you know, we've had people write in a lot of different things. Like, basically, at this point, even though we've only been talking about this movie for a month, it feels like, Joe, that we've guessed literally every character. <laughs> I've got two like, big guesses if when you want them. My one real question is, is the director going to be the most technically 
altered person, or are they going to be someone who is not like above that? Like, are right. they the mastermind who sort of develops that, or are they kind of like the ultimate fight? You know, I, I yeah. can sort of see it going either way. Not that one's uh, yeah. better than the other. But I'm just, I'm sort of curious where they take that. I definitely think he's going to be like a full-on weird ass, like half-human concoction of some kind. You know, oh, like I think it's going to be idea. like a brain in a jar kind of scenario Ooh. or something. So you know how uh, at E3 this year, Keanu was on stage to talk about that that game Cyberpunk yeah. 2077, mm-hmm. and like, what if it's the way that they bring Keanu into the franchise that he's the voice, but he's also his character from Cyberpunk 2077, where he's got like a a Winter Soldier sort of yeah. arm, and he's got like bionic, like it's just like mm-hmm. this melding of worlds, Ooh. and then that game becomes Fast and Furious canon. I don't want this to happen, but I have a crazy Italian job theory that ties into this movie and and, uh, and also me. Cypher. So, like, the idea that Charlize goes bad is because the Mark Wahlberg character is, like, brutally destroyed and, like, almost killed, and they have to go around the world reassembling him and stealing <laughs> all this tech, and they turn evil with code names and all that shit, and he's the sitting in the chair behind the screen that Etienne is, like, like a half-put-together a half guy, like, just on a deathbed or something. I don't know. That's the least of my theories there. I still think yeah, it's I'm assuming, I'm assuming that you have not listened to our Italian job episode yet because Joe had that exact theory last week. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I was like, I definitely think it, it would be so awesome if it was Mark Wahlberg. And for some reason, I had, t- I had two splitting theories that like either... It's Mark Wahlberg is the man behind the chair. He's running it, and he and Charlize are like a, an, a sinister duo, and they just have like different wings of evilness that they both run. Or Charlize is trying to get revenge on the family because Dom killed Mark Wahlberg at some point, mm. and that's how it ties in together. I'm up for it. I still think it's Hobbs's dad in my gut. Uh, I don't think they're going to go in that direction. One more crazy Italian job theory, though, uh, since you guys watched it recently. The character of Wrench... That's Dom, right? That's supposed to be Dom. (laughs) Who's Wrench? Wrench is the guy they go to to soup up the Mini Coopers at first, and then he's like, "How much?" Yes. And he's like, ten grand." He's like, "All right." And then later, they're like, "You know, we need you again." He's like, "All right, but I want, I want in." And then he's the guy at the end that stores him in the truck and gives Ed, lets Ed Norton take a peek. Yeah. I was like, "That's Dom." That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) It could be like Dom's cousin or something. And I thought Wrench because isn't that what he used to beat the guy Mm -hmm. who like killed his dad? So my takeaway in that scene, I don't know if I mentioned it on the Italian job episode or not, was that that scene sort of straddles the line between, like, actually being car talk and not being car talk at all. He's like, (laughs) yeah, I uh, stripped this out and it's lighter now. It's like, well, like, he's, he's, he's approaching sort of nerd car talk, car speak, but he's like, I don't really want, they're like, I don't want to isolate the audience, so, like, let's not actually say things. Like, it sort of feels like a, like a transition step between the first three Fast and Furious movies and the fourth one. It's like, well, we yeah. we want to we want to pay respect to the car, but we don't want to say actual car things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we strip things out to make it lighter. That's a good compromise, right? Yeah. So, guys, is Seth Green going to return as Uber next time? Ooh. Because that's the next great idea they stole from him. I like that a lot. And, I mean, Left Ear is basically ludicrous for the most part, right? Like, that's, again, from Italian Job. Like, he's basically that character, yeah. I feel. Because he's the tech guy. He's the explosive guy. He's, like, all the bag of tricks kind of guy. Yeah, but Joey has a theory that we're trying to keep them separate. Okay, so, like, Left Ear is, like, Twinkie's uncle or something. So, Joey thinks that he was 
friends in high school. With Rico and Tego. He lost his hearing from putting one too many M80s on the toilet. And so what do they do in Fast Five? They get into the police precinct, the police station, the police headquarters. Oh my god. With the toilet stuff. That's amazing. Yes, we've kept all the characters themselves. Like, we've said, like, oh, you know, they're very much, there's overlap. But because if, if Hobbs, I mean, sorry, if Shaw can exist where he runs over, then nobody could have doubled up. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, that's why I'm like, that's why you said, like, oh, Wrench is Dom, and I'm like, it could be Dom's cousin yeah. or something so like that. The one thing that we did in that episode that I think we're going to try like to that. do in every time we do it, like, you know, whether they're canon or not, is going to try to figure out, like, for instance, and again, not, I'm not going to spoil what Ben's pick is for the pit stop next lap, but it's a it's a movie that Paul Walker's in. So, like, it's it's not part of the Fast and Furious universe, but, like, I'm going to play with Joe every time we do, like, a movie that's not in this world. Like, how could Brian O'Connor become that character like different name whatever or how did he become yes. Brian O'Connor or yes Either exactly way. I'm all for like and I know Joe is too like wacky ideas but like that's sort of like the the only rule is that the only actors like the, they have to say like you know the one actor can't play more than one part unless it's like some kind of weird goofy thing or whatever but nobody sort of shifts yeah nobody changes yes. you can't overlap nobody was played by somebody else in a different movie yeah you can't recast it's always like, them yeah, yeah. The, nobody got recast in these movies right so that's not like part of the canon if we would have the, the Captain America part where, you know, they just change a guy out in the middle of the series, you'd be like, oh, okay. Or the Iron Man part, right? Which, yeah, Iron Man. Oh, right. Don, they brought in Don Cheadle. And they're like, oh, you look a little different. Like, if they would have done that at some point, then fuck it, all gates are open. Like, we could just go. Got it. So what are the theories you have, either about Hobbs and Shaw or about the Italian job? I want this, the floor again is now yours. Whatever you want to hit it, you know, hit us with whatever you got. No theory is too crazy. With our with our one rule in mind, what you got for us? I don't have anything fully formed for this, but I just want to talk a minute about, where's the other Shaw brother here? So where's he's mentioned. Okay. Did they mention Did him? you catch it this time? Did you watch it again this time for it, Joey? Yes. So in the... Go um, ahead. Melissa actually watched it. She confirmed for it via some sketchy illegal stream that she was she found online. She was like waiting to prove this, but there's a mention and there's sort of like one kind of image of him. But when oh. she, when uh, Statham goes to visit Dame Helen Mirren in prison, right? She says something along the line. It's very quick. It's like something like you Owen and Hattie were always getting into trouble. And yeah. there's the first one where they okay. do. It's not the Mick Jagger. It's the other one. It's the it's the Keith Moon or oh, whatever. Yeah, where they blow yes. up the safe Keith in the Moon. street or something. So there's two. Yeah. It's like Deckard and Hattie running toward you, and then in the background there's a kid who's about the same age as Deckard, yeah. running away but like looking back. He's not running in fear. He's like running because he just set the charge and he like wants to get away. But he's in the background of that one Makes shot. Sense. It's still weird okay. as hell that he's not in the movie more not like a bigger part of the conversation I don't know if they just cut that out like they didn't have time but like even if you don't want to cast him like you have to pay, make make note of him like it's it's weird it, it is weird is he actually behind the screen is he Etion or whatever <laughs> like where is he like that's the one thing that kind of does bum me out that uh, it's not gonna like lose half a star or anything like that because there's plenty else going on but I just feel like they did a great job of introducing Hattie they did a great job of bringing mom back they you know and they, there's so much talk about family in this movie with, with Hobbs reuniting at the end with his entire clan and everything it's amazing just for him to not be here anywhere not even a post credit scene where Ryan Reynolds is like hey buddy where yeah. you been this whole time time like we could have used you and he's like well no one's called like what are you talking about and he's like oh man <laughs> just left alone i was over here waiting or just like don't make it feel like you're going out of your way to not mention him right like mm-hmm. it just feels mm-hmm. like you and me growing up when we were growing up you and me 
the only two of us, the only two Shaw siblings. It's like, well, no. We talked about, I think, either on the Hobson Shaw episode or maybe it was Fate or Fury 7, one of those, Joe, when we were talking about how, like, it's it's weird in retrospect that Hattie is not mentioned, but also in that world, Hattie had sort of not been invented yet. But now that they all exist, Owen is a person in this world, and I know this sort of wants to exist mostly as a spinoff that people can enjoy without it, but, like, you can still mention a character who's not going to be in the movie, and, like, people aren't going to be like, well, who's that? It's like, oh, you know, your your brother Owen, he's off doing whatever. Yeah. Like, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like, like, there's, you could just have, like, a throwaway line here or there, but it just feels like routinely and regularly, he just never existed. And the, the worst part is, is what we talked about way too long. Deckard says... I killed my brother yeah. at some point yep. to Idris Elba, which is like the most flubbed, fucked up line in this whole movie. Because then it makes you think, like, if you are a fan, you're like, did he kill him? And then now we had to go back and rewatch and figure it out that, like, no, they do mention Owen Shaw in the movie. And even David Leach had to come out and confirm that, like, no, Owen's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's how bad that line was. He had to, like, come out and say, oh, no, sorry. Because, like, the way that they brought him into Fate, where he just helps Deckard get the baby back, get baby Brian back, like, Luke Evans might be doing a million other things. Who knows? Like, maybe he doesn't want to be part of these movies anymore. Who know? You know, I don't know, like... Yeah, maybe don't... he's, like, above it. He doesn't give a shit. Which yeah. is fine. I don't like, know, I don't... guys. He was, like, Dracula 2000 or something. I don't think, I think he wants to be here. Maybe. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. Like, just, but just don't make it seem like he just, I, I, again, yeah. I don't know if it's... He's off on another mission, this yeah. and that, because like, the movie does feel like it doesn't want to bring up as much as it has. It wants to talk about the Fast and Furious proper as little as possible, even to the point where, you know, they're never going to mention the rest of the team. They're, they only mention yep. Mr. Nobody yep. once. Yep. Uh, he's not even in. I thought he was going to be the connection. I thought, you know, Kurt Russell was going to be... Same. The, and they go even as far as to introduce, like, Ryan Reynolds as a guy who you know is coming back, right? And then Kevin Hart, you know, like, all they're introducing all these new people and stuff. But, like, this is an element that needs to be here in a lot of ways. Like, this is one of the things that, like, I know you want to ignore or you want to say, like, those movies are those movies and this is going to be this. But, like, he, I, yeah, I just needed to know, like, where he was. He was off on a mission. He was recuperating from the skydive or and whatever. And we could have got that over with so quickly if, like, if they just gave us one little tidbit line you know leave your brother alone you know he's busy they could have done like the brian thing like don't call in brian and you'd have been totally fine with it yeah there's like two things like you need a line or two like that and then you need to like rewrite the one line at the end and then suddenly owen's not even in the conversation it would have been funny if his mom was like you know you shouldn't have pulled him out of that bloody hospital so soon to go jumping out of planes with everything he strained his back he can't get out for like yeah, you know out of bed for say. two weeks <laughs> he has kinks in his neck god damn oh, it you know that, this okay so that leads me to something i have to bring up kinks in our neck as enhanced as brixton is right it's brixton right not brexit how fucking strong do you think he was to begin with because you look at hobbs and shaw you look at dom you look at i was just rewatching parts of six the other day and those the crew like all suffer major car accidents in that movie but they walk away without a fracture you are already a tough bastard in this universe like it's crazy how enhanced they must have actually made him if he can take on two guys unenhanced that are for all intent and purpose enhanced <laughs> like it's just crazy yeah yeah they definitely did some work i love that they showed like his spine at the end to confirm like yeah he's like 
for real. It's not like he was born with this or anything. It's not a serum. It's actually they rebuilt him. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things he does is he like blocks bullets with his hand. It's like, oh, this guy is on another level. You know what I mean? Like, I know that mm-hmm. he's yeah. basically fighting two superhumans without super without official superhuman powers, but like they're like, oh yeah, no, he's he's kind of next level insane. Like, not only does he have a self driving motorcycle, but like he's kind of a robot. So, do you think that they'll ever get to a point in this where like someone's gonna fly? Well, Mike, cars don't fly. No, but like a person. I mean, like is Dom gonna fly in at the end of part 10 like is this where it's you know are we going to have the are they going to put on a cape Wait, what if the matrix 4 is just fast and furious 10 oh my god oh. and that's the crossover and so it's just neo flying and he flies in you know? and that's how keanu's in it yep mm-hmm. yeah 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 oh man i love this show <laughs> Mike, do you know that everybody else we've talked to about this movie besides you has said that they did not enjoy it as much as they thought they would? What? Everybody has it ranked very, very low in their rankings. We have two listeners write in, and they have it in the middle, and then you have it pretty high, but then our two last, the two guests that we've had on since this movie came out both have it last or, or low. Whoa. Yeah. And also another listener has it very, very low, too. Like, like right now, it's averaging a score in the realm of feet. Like, it's toward the bottom, if not at the bottom overall. No, I definitely think, you know, I might have it pretty high. It, it might go down one or two notches at some point. But, like, it's definitely, I like it more than seven. I think it's, I think it's top half. It's top yeah. half for me, for sure. But also, we're, like, super fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was almost, uh, it was almost to a degree, and I don't want to get too far off base here, but, like, when I went to see the new Godzilla this summer, uh, as a super fan, I was like, they did, t- it's too much. Like, they, they went too far. Like, it's just overloaded to the point where it's like, why this now? Why that now? But I feel like what they managed to do with Hobbs and Shaw is spin it off to a degree where it's like, well, you like the crazy action and the furiousness more than sort of the car stuff, or like you like both. This one is going to be, we're getting away from the car culture for the most part, and we're just going to go furious with this shit. And like, I love that because some people think that doesn't even belong in the proper series, you know, that they're getting too far away from the car culture stuff or where the roots of the series was. And this is a way for them to to explore those things. And I like that about the main series. So I like that about this movie a lot. I just really like this world now (laughs) to maybe like an unhealthy degree. I love this franchise. And so it was great to see them build this world out, do what they could. Like, I understand there were probably mandates up the ass, like people taking notes about who could do what, like every scene and shot and all that kind of shit. So like, just to consider that this was made by a major studio, like by a committee of people. And it was like actually very fucking watchable. Like I give it a lot of credit. Are there things about this that you don't like? I mean, we talked about how they could have, you know, done, handled Owen a little bit better and stuff like that. Is there anything else about this that you, uh, you know, like, just like when we talked about Fate every time, both on Watch the Throne and on this podcast multiple times, like, we were talking about how we, like, we're not crazy about Fate, but we're, we're willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, like, if eventually they retcon things, like, now that Cypher's back for nine. Like, is there stuff about here that you, you think could be better if things sort of change or pivot? There's kind of two things. So one thing that I thought was going to get resolved in this, and I guess they're going to hold off on it, is who is the mom of the Rock's daughter? What was that relationship? Where is she even? We don't even know if she died. We don't know if she left him. We know, and the daughter doesn't seem to know either, right? So if she died in childbirth and he never told her, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, at least let the audience know what happened at this point. Especially, again, like I've been saying, like, they're really running the family 
card in this one, especially at the end for, for Hobbs when we meet his entire fucking family, you know, except the woman that he had this daughter with. So that's what has thing. to be dead. And they even show like the family tree in the beginning. And I think it's like him, her, and then just question mark. Yeah, there's one, one leaf with a question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of depressing when I think back on it. And uh, something that made me weird about that, that you just brought it up was it's just him and her and then a question mark then he goes i'm gonna leave you with your aunt and he just like kind of drops her with her aunt and don't you think the aunt would have been on the family tree i wonder if that's just like an (laughs) aunt like a friend of the family like an aunt like Mm -hmm. in quotation marks like this is your aunt but it's really like his neighbor but again that's a weird like or you made me kill my brother you it's like well why would you say aunt if she has no family like we need a little more clarity when we're talking so much about like relations in this movie right at least yes specifically around family like clarify the family yeah Yeah. Yeah, same (laughs) because then then again I'm wondering, is that his sister or is that his sister-in-law? Like, what's going on with this aunt now? I, you know, and like, but, the, just... but the daughter would have known and put her on the tree. And then also, like, she sees the picture <laughs> and she's like, "Is that Uncle Jonah?" No, is that is so, that like she? Yeah, is that your brother? Like, I think I think she just knows. She found it in the garage in a drawer, so it was kind of hidden. It's not like the rock has yeah. it. It's not like Hobbs has it out. She just says, "Is that right. your brother?" Because then she sees a young version of him. He says, "That's my brother Jonah." She says, "Why have you ever told me about him?" So like, I don't think she she doesn't know okay. about Uncle Jonah. She just knows, or she sees a picture and she's like, "Oh, I think that's somebody related to Dad." So that was one thing. And what's the what was the other thing that you you sort of wish they resolved and they didn't? The cameos, which aren't really cameos, but the new okay. the new characters. Like I really enjoyed yes. Ryan Reynolds. That scene in the diner is amazing like fucking pitch perfect i don't really love when he comes back like i feel like they kind of blew his their load with him that first time and that was enough we said that he might be in it a little much like bringing him back i agree with you like he might have because he keeps playing more ryan reynolds so you're like maybe we could have cut a little bit of him out yeah he feels a little redundant because he comes back to do like the same shtick again now i don't it's not that I like don't dislike it either. Like I'm looking forward because to him. I like him. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's funny. I agree. yeah, and I love his relationship with Hobbs, or at least his relationship with The Rock now, where like they can just take the piss out of each other. Well, they are best friends. <laughs> Even got that tattoo. Speaking of tattoos, oh yeah, did you guys check out my new tattoo? I saw I it today. It's a Too Fast Too Forever logo on his leg. <laughs> it says, oh, shit. says family. It's like a traditional style wolf's head. Kind of represents my dog, the family dog. So the only reason that Ryan Reynolds thing kind of bothers me, and especially when they bring him back so much in like the post credit scenes, is because they did such a great job with Kevin Hart. Like they did the best job by bringing him back on the toilet and everything, yep. and him in the first place on the airplane. Like I fucking loved it. And I think I even turned to you, Joey, in the movie, and I was like, what is going on? It was the greatest surprise. And like I'm a little burned out on Kevin Hart I'll admit like he's in a lot of stuff recently he was kind of the last fucking person I ever expected to show up especially since he was in like two of the trailers with The Rock or something like Jumanji he's off doing other stuff but I I just thought it was one of the best scenes in the movie that he's hilarious in this and that they brought him back perfectly and and that's why I feel like the Ryan Reynolds thing was just just a flub just a little bit you know you're right yeah no you're with how perfect Kevin Hart is coming back I can definitely agree with you, yeah. It feel, that's why Ryan Reynolds feels like he kind of overstayed his welcome just a little bit too much. And especially since the counterpart to Ryan Reynolds to get Shaw's handler in Rob Delaney, like, I love him, but I thought oh, he was yeah. used perfectly too. Like, he's just in the one scene and that's it. Like, he doesn't come back listening into the he conversation. Doesn't he doesn't come back in the, in the credit scene yeah. too. Like, they do him right too. That's about it, other than what we talked about with uh, Owen and all that kind of stuff. You know, I just, this movie's a blast. I just love it. So I've got two sort of bigger, broader questions for you that we, we've asked our last two guests. 
where do you see Hobbs and Shaw 2? Because there's probably inevitably going to be a Hobbs and Shaw 2. As we record, this yeah. is closing in on $700 million worldwide. It doesn't look like it's going to break a billion. It doesn't look like it's going to approach previous Fast and Furious movies. It's probably going to be somewhere in the middle financially. Um, so it's maybe a little bit of a disappointment there, but still made a ton of money. There's going to be another one because people want these movies. So, Mike, where do you see Hobbs and Shaw 2 going? And do you think there's a world in which these cross back over the main franchise? Because Joe and I are very sort of split on this. Because mm. obviously, you know, between Vin Diesel and The Rock in real life, they don't get along. Yeah. I think that there's there's no world in which Hobbs is not in 10. And I sort of see a way that Cypher reunites everybody. as like, If Cypher is the ultimate villain... If she's the voice or she's working for the voice, I can see them all kind of, you know, she, or she being the bond that brings them together as they take her down, take down Etion. I think I'm selling him a little bit on that, but he's not so sure. So two questions. Yeah. Where do you see Hobbs and Shaw 2 being? Like what kind of movie? Bigger stakes, smaller stakes, anything like that? And do you see these worlds, these two are sort of separate tracks now? you know, recombining ever. I think Hobbs and Shaw 2, the 2 is going to be important in that we're going to get, I hope we get both of the Shaw brothers, but I also think that one of Hobbs's brothers might be along for the ride as well. Uh, I think he's going to take one of them off the island. Who's the main one that he had, like, the beef with? Roman Reigns? Yeah. Oh, no, the other one. No, Roman Reigns is the wrestler one. But I think Roman Reigns is most likely because he's, like, the most famous. I think there might even be a Hobbs sibling that was, like, right out of frame that they haven't cast yet that they might give Luke Hobbs to, like, train or, like, run on missions or whatever. But I I think what's going to happen is, like, we're going to get more of each family along for the ride. It's probably going to be, you know, there's probably going to go after, like, the Etion stuff again. You know, now that they're trying to be recruited by them, they're not going to stop coming after them. So I think we're going to get at least another movie of them versus this major Etion thing, and we'll finally see, like, who's behind the wall. And I think think when 10 comes along, I think they have to, if that's when they're planning to stop at least this phase of the franchise, like, you have to have the curtain call. Everybody's got to come back for that. Like, they have to blow the door wide open like maybe yeah that's the end game right like that's the yeah everybody's got to be there like maybe yeah. their base is on the moon and so <laughs> <laughs> like they have to go to the moon and like it's gonna take all of them to get there it's hard to say like i don't know plot wise what they're gonna do in the next movie but i do think they're gonna try and go as big and they're gonna bring in now that they've introduced all of the Hobbs brothers and sisters and stuff like they gotta they've gotta like use that you know that's one thing i feel like Hopefully. they haven't really mind is like you know, are there any more Toretto's out there that are going to be coming by? We saw that one guy in seven in Cuba, or was that eight? He was in eight. You know, I'm just curious on that level since we're so family oriented. So, well, we know that we're going to get the um, the Netflix series, which which is about Dom's cousin. I think that mm-hmm. you know, we there's there's rumors that there were uh, some of Paul Walker's brothers on set, whether they're just on set for a tour or if he's going to be if Brian's going to come back in some way, or maybe you know they could have him come on as you know one of Brian's actual brothers. Who knows? Like I think the family connections are not done. I think that you're going to get sort of what you're hoping for, Mike, because if anything, Hobbs and Shaw was sort of about expanding these characters' families, right? Like that's it's all about going to Samoa and seeing Hattie and all this different stuff, right? So that knowing how important family is to the franchise, I don't think we're done meeting new characters, even if they're not not main Good. characters, just sort of fleshing out backstories a little bit. How great is The Rock's mom in this, and how what what kind of She's father... Awesome 
did he have that would like I keep thinking about that from time to time like with the rock you know the rocks arc or whatever like when he was a kid and like his dad basically is like in uh, Kill Bill right who was the guy who had like the Akuna brothers where it was like all I mean it's not this drastic but in that movie like this pimp had all of the sons from the prostitutes become like a gang and it's almost like Hobbs' dad took all of his kids and turned them into like a gang and like a criminal enterprise and stuff and like that's fucked up like that's no but it's it's the same thing that Helen Mirren kind of did right they're, they're more alike than they're different yeah because I mean Hobbs has the speech at the end I don't know if you remember but he's about saying you know about how you know his dad you started to bring him and Jonah in on jobs and then like they started getting more dangerous and then it got to a point where he didn't care if they died or not and that's when they were like oh we got to change the way we do things like it was just hey you know why don't you want to come help dad with this thing and then it got more and more real and they're yeah. like, oh, like things are getting a little too real. It seems like the Shaws were always grifters. You know what I'm saying? Like they're always con men. They were always doing that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, maybe they were robbing banks and blowing shit up and stuff. But like they didn't kill if they didn't need to or, you know, they weren't going to, you know, there, there's there's no way that Owen was going to be like not take a bullet for Deckard or Hattie. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't going to let yeah. each other get go down or anything to the point where the Rock's dad was like, well, if one of my sons dies, I'll just have another son. Or, like, that seems to be, like, his attitude. Who would play the Rock's dad? Like, who's old enough and, like, I mean, you would need someone. Enough? Sonny Chiba. Yeah, I was just thinking you need someone on the, on oh the, on the order God. of Sonny Chiba because he's already in the world. Holy shit. You just fucking blew my mind. And he goes to Japan and, like, and he's related to DK, too, but he was just, like, oh in my Samoa. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be awesome? You guys are killing me. How do you get Fast and Furious on the line? Get him on the phone. <laughs> they need to hear we this just need show. them to listen. We <laughs> need them to listen, man. But yeah, the, and then we could bring three back in. Like we would like loop three back in, and then uh, would your yeah, life be? be so I mean, how payoff. amazing if you're watching the credits, the Fast Ten, and at the end it says special thanks to Fast Two Forever. <laughs> I would love it. I just want them to be listening to Too Fast Two Forever in one of the movies. Just like you know, like Ludacris is like listening to it, just turns it off, and it's like, oh, oh sorry guys. Mike, is there anything else about this movie that you want to uh, talk about? Oh well, just one last thing that you know, I think blew all of our minds and you know we talked a lot about this earlier on but you know the italian job canon insane if true and so much fun to theorize about and like it i re- I rewatched it today you know i was able to sort of ignore a lot of the problems which is most of that movie but like focus yeah. and play the game in my head of like how do we, how do you connect the dots just for that alone has made it like a more watchable movie and a lot more fun to like consider and and I, I just love the concept i don't know if that's even ever been done in film history where it's like this movie is now part of this series and it never really was but it always was sort of supposed to be kind of like influenced by it but it's also a remake of like a classic film like it's so insane the history of the italian job now that it's yeah like, i love it i just love how it's all come around have you watched eight since you've watched the italian job no after seeing hobbs and shaw and seeing the italian job it's it's a much different movie in that sense too and i've already begun to like it more than i did oh. when we left it before okay that's great i love how like the movies are all sort of like making all the other movies better <laughs> you know after you watch one it's like well that makes this one sheds new light on this movie and then you watch another it makes one, it like, wow. so much more interesting i was like i was way more invested in eight watching it this time around being like oh one we know that you know we got hobbs and shaw but then two like Charlize could be 
the safe cracker from Italian Job, and you're just like, holy shit, this is so weird. Yeah. It would sort of, I guess, it would be something like if they suddenly were like, all the Marvel movies before Iron Man are now canon, you know? So, like, even after, like, Ghost Rider and, like, the original Spider, yep. you know, it would be, it's kind of like that kind of, like craziness like yeah not, not, really not necessarily weird. retconning but like just sort of like squeezing it in there so that's it i think that's all i got well you as you know there's a couple games that we're going to play so before we do this ain't no 10 second race aka boy do we have a podcast for you we are going to do the car guessing game now mike do you want to guess or do you want to give i think i should give I also have to look up a tweet. (laughs) So yeah, so while we play the game, you can look up a tweet. This uh, car picture came in from Ben Milliman a couple weeks ago. This this might be a difficult one. It might be an easy one. We're not sure. Okay. I'm going to send you, Mike, a bunch of pictures via text. Okay. The car is white. Um, Thanks. It is an Italian car. Actually, it's silver. This one's silver. Uh, I'm so sorry that I got the color wrong. Does that change your guess? Yeah. The car is Italian. I don't know where to begin with this. I'm going to... Have you asked gonna... two doors, four doors? So yeah, let's let's do this. So I want to go back to the way that we were originally going to play the game that we haven't played the game. So I want you to ask questions like that. It is a two door car. Okay. Is it sporty? Yes. Does it look fast? Yes. Okay. Top speed, two hundred and seventeen miles per hour. Two seventeen. So it's really fast. It looks flat. It looks flat. Yes. Before I, I don't want I don't want to describe too much. I want I want you to sort of get. Okay. Well, let's not fuck up what Mike's doing because I like the descriptions. It helps. No, I know, but I want you, I want to I want to try because there's there's a reason I'm doing the way that I'm doing it. Does it have a wing? It kind of has. Is that like a spoiler? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a spoiler. It's kind of got spoiler. Two wings. It has two wings. It's sort of like a split wing. Fat. Is it okay? It's flat. Is it a Ferrari? No. Is it a Lamborghini? Nope. Is it an Alpha? Nope. Is it a Maserati? Nope. Can I give a mic clue? Good. Yeah, yeah, please. You can always talk. It looks like it's in the movie Tron. Yeah, that's, Does that's, that help? that's fair. Okay. So is it like a new car? Is it like a hyper car? It's a car that is not out yet. So it's, like, it's pretty new. It's a future car. They come out next year. Futuristic. It's a, it's a hyper car. Won't be available till 2020. Yeah, it's a is it a Pagani? Nope. It's a manufacturer that I've never heard of. Is it... The tires are F-Zero drawing. tires, which I guess... I don't know if that oh, came the, before or game? after Captain Falcon, but yeah. It's a 1900 horsepower, Joe. All electric. All electric. Is it um the Rimrock? Rimrock? Nope. There's only about 150 no, the of them. One. There's only going to be about 150 of them. Cost around 2.6 million. Remark? Is it the new Bugatti? Nope. I know Bugatti. I don't know this one. Zero to 60 in less than two seconds also comes with bespoke Jesus. luggage. Oh, fuck. Which one did just make the luggage? God damn it. <laughs> so the car oh, is... Oh, God. I just saw Supercar Blondie doing it with the luggage. It's God, very sleek. The, the uh, logo on the front, I, I think it's okay. I think it's probably the letter, but it also kind of looks like a footprint. Is that fair to say, Mike? Let me see here. Uh, yeah, that a, is A little bit. Like it's also on the steering wheel. The steering wheel is not round. The steering wheel is sort of like uh, hexagonal. The logo almost looks like the the gas pump. God damn it. Supercar Blondie. There's this there's this woman, her name's Supercar Blondie on like Instagram and she goes around and like just checks out all these new hypercars and I swear to god she was just in this one. Let me um, well, let me see if let me let me see if I can find her and see if this is the same car you're thinking about or if you're going to Well, she has like a 100 of them, so I mean like, you know, she does like one a day essentially. So she did like one, one in March. She said it's the fastest Italian hypercar ever. At least this manufacturer. Hold on. Yeah, it's probably that car. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And in March, that makes sense. Italian hypercar, it's, and it's new. What are the new hypercar for the Italians? Okay, so here's a hint. 
the model, not the make, the make I've never heard of, the model I've never heard of, but the model is the, it's not spelled the same way, but it's the last name of one of the actors in <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> not Michael Rooker, who's actually going to be in Fast 9, but conceivably would fit Chris Pratt. Physically and athletically and aesthetically fits very much into the world of the Fast and the Furious. Probably knows The Rock, too. Probably knows The Rock as well. Oh, oh also, he hates oh, The Rock. the wrestler guy. Um, Dave Batista. Yep. So it's a Batista. B-A-T-T-I-S-T-A. Okay. But I... I I've, makes... Mike, have you ever heard of the, the make? Because I never have. No. I've never heard of this before. I don't know if I can no, pronounce who, that. What's the, what's the make of it? It's a Pininfarina Batista. Pininfarini? Is that how it's pronounced? Is it Pininfarini? He's making their own cars now? It's this. Pininfarini. Pininfarina. P-I-N-I-N-F-A-R-I-N-A. Yeah, Pininfarini. So Pininfarini was designing cars for for Ferrari. It's a, yeah, it's a good looking a, car. Yeah, damn. Let me see this. I'm looking up. But if this if this is the same Pininfarina, if, the, if this is, yeah. So if you search uh, Supercar Blondie Pininfarina Batista, there's a couple of videos she did. She did one in yeah. March and she did one in September okay. of last year about this car. So you had the so right I thing. Didn't know, I didn't know Pininfarina was doing their own cars, but they used to design cars for Ferrari. So like a lot of the classic, like very beautiful Ferraris were designed by their design company. It's a, mm. it's a car design firm. Um, and you know what also Pininfarina designed? which you guys have seen a million of, I'm sure, is the fucking, the Coke freestyle machines. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you look That's at the funny. bottom of them, they're all designed by Pininfarina. Yeah. Did he also design the Red Book kiosks? <laughs> no. <laughs> Never mind. No, Sorry. I don't think those. Terrible joke. <laughs> no, but it's the, it's the yeah, the Coke Zero, like the Coke freestyle machines that you like pick, you know, your Coke, add cherry and vanilla and all those. Yeah. They designed them. And if you look at the bottom, it has the same logoing as the uh, as the cars, as their design firm that does. That kind of makes sense. They do sort of remind me of like buttons on a dashboard. Doesn't it have like a very like classic car kind of feel to it? Yeah, yeah, like a. I didn't know Pininfarina was designing their own cars. Now that's really really cool. But yeah, go check out some of the Ferraris that they. When we were at the Ferrari Museum in Italy, like when I took Rachel there, like a lot of the like most nostalgic, most revered Ferraris were designed by him. Very cool. Oh, you can buy their. They have stock. Like you can just buy Pininfarina's stock. Maybe I'll buy some stock in him. All right, yeah. time for one more game. I already found mine. All right, I got mine. This game we're playing, this Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. We go on Twitter, find any tweet that people might want you to listen to the show after sending. I found last time, Littlest Baby at Ify in Nwadawe. Tyrese, when Hobbs and Shaw 2 gets announced, it's the video of him going, no, no. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Joe, you found dun, 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 dun. Nakajima Films at Chaninakajima. It was a long thread. The last tweet was, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, very much a fun movie. Believe there will be a sequel as a mysterious bionic man creator survived. His voice toned like the Ryan Reynolds voice as he put a brick through a bad guy's body. The two are the same guy. 100 out of 10, in quotes, go sees. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Hmm. Gwyn found two. Yes. We let her do two, but she picked the one, so I'll do the one that she didn't pick first. So she first found Jarrett Weiselman at Jarrett Says. After M.I. Fallout and Hobbs and Shaw, I'm absolutely obsessed with Vanessa Kirby. She's so charismatic, engaging, and straight up watchable on screen. I absolutely do not want this movie, but I would be very much in favor of her starring in a Catwoman film. Boy, we have a podcast for you. Shit. Nothing. Yeah. Oh my God, her is Catwoman. That would be amazing. That's what we said. Yeah. Catwoman should be like ha- needs that British accent. 
I'd love that. That'd oh, you be, think so? I'd love that, yeah. Other tweet, the one that Gwyn counted, was from Pedro at RatOVTF, Fast and Furious. It was the pictures of him taking a selfie in the mirror, and it has the Fast and Furious shirt on. Boy, do we have a podcast yep. for you. One like, but that like is from Wes. So Gwyn does not get points, <laughs> Yes, that doesn't count. Yeah. Okay, so I found mine. Mike, if you want to read yours, why don't you go first? Yes. Okay, so this is from at... Alice Dare Stewart, or Alice Dare Stewart is back on his bullshit, and it says, Yes, I did buy the Hobbs and Shaw soundtrack. Yes, the Idris Elba plot rap is absolutely worth every cent in capital letters. Boy, so, do we have a podcast for you? A podcast. By the way, the soundtrack is fire, and I've been listening to it too. I listen to it in the shower. It's awesome. It's so but, much fun. But it's it's like that whole concept of the rapping Smith the rap, plot. Right? Yeah, or even you yeah. know the um, Andrew and Amos and Amos, Amos and Andrew with the, the uh, suburban nightmare rap. You know, is it real though? Is there actually an Idris Elba plot re- plot rap on here? Yeah, he does. He's like driving really fast. It's Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, and like yeah, he he does something it's like the Ghostbusters, like kind of. I, yeah, I, I got rebuilt, and I'm after my friend. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to hurt is. him, but he's got a big guy with him. Like, <laughs> if yeah. you like those, I tried to play one for you one time, Joe. And you did not care for. It. I think you were just maybe not what? in the right mood, right mindset. But there's a there's a comedian, Demi Adjuibe, who has done Will Smith style closing raps oh, for basically every Best great. Picture nominee the last couple of years. Oh, interesting. He did one for Arrival. He's done like probably like ten or twelve of them, and they're they're <laughs> wonderful because it's just he does a pretty decent Will Smith voice, but he more so has the like intonation, like the corny jokes. It's just like and the ha ha, like the yeah. exactly the intonations and the jokes and the timing and everything so yeah <laughs> i always like the ones um, but there was a rapper his name was skills and he used to ghostwrite for like a lot of other rappers and he would do end of the year roundups and he would just go through like all of the pop culture from the year but it would be like crazy shit like people got addicted to farmville and like all of the you know what i mean like not like pop culture like what happened like he would include like you know celebrities died whatever whatever but he would just like do an end of the year wrap up and every year he would release like a 12 second a 12 minute freestyle that would just go through like the whole fucking year and he'd be like this is what happened this year and it was a lot of cool. fun. Thanks. So it kind of sounds like it reminds me of those. Uh, Joe, why don't you hit us with your Lolo tweet? Okay. Um, it's from Loic Atikasi at Lolo1433. That's crazy. None of y'all want to come watch Hobbs and Shaw with your boy laughing my fucking ass off. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. He can come watch it this with us. That's what I'm saying. one hour ago. This is a fresh, hot off the, t- hot off the grill, Ooh. hot off the presses. Hot off the yeah, hot off the grill. Here's the tweet that it's I hot found. Tweet. This is from yesterday. Excuse Willis at Hamo D. Hamo underscore D. He Ooh. quote tweeted that she's back. And he just says in all capital letters, Cypher verse Hattie Shaw, please, at Charlie's Africa, at Vanessa Kirby. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And that replied to all three of them. So in theory, uh, Charlize <laughs> and Vanessa Kirby are both going to be like, oh, my God. oh boy, we have a podcast for us, too. That's very cool. Ooh. Hopefully. Yeah, you can want, introduce her to watch The Throne, and then she'll just be our best friend. We know she's on set right now, right? So if she checks Twitter, sees this, and just starts listening to this episode, mm-hmm. not this episode, but like, you know, yeah, when this airs, I mean, or the last episode, you know, The Italian last couple job. are going to be like Hobbs and Shaw 8 and The Italian Job. Hi, Charlize. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
I like your new hair. Joey said he didn't like it, but I like it. I did a whole podcast about you. I think it's. I think I'm exempt, but uh, <laughs> not in a creepy way. No, that was a fun podcast. <laughs> it was a fun podcast. And we just did a new episode about Longshot, so go check that one out. That's right. But yeah, Longshot's good. Thank you so much for joining us on this Hobbs and Shaw revisiting the Ride Along Resurgence. We picked you up. We're gonna. Ooh. We did a. We did a, a couple laps around the block, and we're about to drop you off. Oh, right. the, you know, in your Mini Cooper. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a blast. I love this show. I love being on. I love the Fastiverse. Um, I can't wait for the next movie, whatever it is. And well, you know, you know we're only here eight first, months away. Brother. May, May I, uh, 2020. It's going to be here, be- dude. It's going to be here before you even realize it. Like we are going to be back here talking about the next Fast and Furious. It's going to be, you know, one a year, maybe one every other year. Yeah. But- it's, it's one a year at this point. Yep. They're gonna hit them like one a year. Like we're gonna get Hobbs and Shaw two the summer after this, too. or the female like, spinoff getting close. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the more and the we need you to watch the and we need you to watch the Netflix series coming up soon. Oh yeah, I got that. I, I'm on there. No, no doubt. And also speaking Check of Netflix out. series, hint to the listeners who have made it this far. If you haven't yet, check out Hyperdrive on Netflix, the Charlize Theron produced series. You, you might want to watch it in the next uh, month or two. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. But Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Go check out the Tom Tom Club. You and I do every Friday. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Uh, Joe will be on our Jack Reacher episodes probably in the middle or early to middle next year. So go check those out. And then also Third Time to Charm. We just did a very special book club supercut clip show. I literally just ate in the Jack Reacher uh, breakfast spot when I was back in Pittsburgh. Ooh, okay. Did you go up the Rocky Steps again? That's not the same. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, but he's like in in Jack Reacher. He's like in this like spot and sits at the diner and they have like it posted on the the seat that he's in. It's like Tom Cruise sat here in this movie. As it stands right now, Fast 9 comes out May 22nd, 2020. Our Fate of the Furious Lap 6 episode comes out four days after that. So what we will probably do is do another re- immediate release reaction right after, right before that. Then we'll do the Fate episode. And just episode. slot it right in. And then, well, either that. So we'll, one of two things. Either we'll watch it twice in theaters and sort of do like a whole thing, or we'll just give it like a week to sort of... Because I kind of like, and this is way way in the weeds, we can talk about this. We have a lot, nothing but time to talk about this. But I like hitting it as quick as we can but i also think that there's there's value in like giving people time to like sort of be spoiler breathe free. i agree yep. so maybe the week after we don't but, ruin yeah, it. right around there fate of the furious lap six so when we get there right in line with fast nine so then you know mike that means that we're gonna do fate of the furious then hobbs and shaw and then fast nine with you so <laughs> you know get ready sometime mid mid june 2020 uh you know around joe's birthday around joe's 31st birthday Ooh. We will be oh, doing that's true. Fast 9 with you for the ride-along resurgence part 2. I will be there. Hey, Amen. For all things Too Fast 2 Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever or at forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon at forever.com. Leave us a review on iTunes if you would be so kind. And come back next week for our tune-up, our relap recap. No one likes the tune-up where we close out lap four <laughs> in style. Yeah. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Mike the Mikester Manzi. And we will see you next week for the tune-up relap recap right here on Too Fast, Too Forever.